Finally, Neo has come back to Anaheim. Which means, finally, Neo has come back to Gundam. segment of Gundam at MAHQ is brought to you by Petco. All right, everyone, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is um, this is Neo, and um, the rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. And uh, the no, it wasn't because Jabman beat me in the Destiny discussion. Because any sane person that had listened to that would know that that man lost Aperit, the main character. What a numb nuts! But uh, like oh, 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 Sam, I'm uh, I'm joined here with uh, Chris and Solbro. Chris Solbro, I, they've heard you cackling in the background, but you know, give these people a, a nice howdy do. What's up, everybody? There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> there you is... can come and get it. Yes, I am back, and unfortunately, I did miss my first show two weeks ago, and it did go against my permanent record, but I'm going to uh, bring this to the Dean of Students to see if I can... Mr. Strickland's uh, not happy about that. <laughs> I'm going to see if we can uh, reach some compromise on not affecting this, and so I can get the uh, perfect attendance certificate for uh, 2011. Um, but uh, before we begin, we will be doing uh, some news, but uh, I guess the biggest news is the reason why I was not in last... Uh, episode, episode 83. And, uh, not hookers in Tijuana, yeah. <laughs> no, not hookers in Tijuana, not at all. Um, but um, yeah, I recently have accepted a job with uh, the as an auditor with the Department of Defense, and that with that position, I had to relocate from Florida uh, to Southern California. I'm now I'm working in the uh, Huntington Beach area for uh, one of the contract with one of the contractors, defense contractors down there, and I am currently living in Anaheim. So that's in downtown Anaheim, and that's why um, I actually could have done this show, but there was some things that it's probably better I just didn't. But um, yeah, the end of July, I took the trek across the great state or the great country of the United States. Uh, went through um, many states, uh, including Texas, which uh, sucks. Um, <laughs> drive through it's, it never ends. And uh, I forgot how bad drivers um, uh, the Texans are. The right, worse, the left lane, worse than South Florida. Oh, dude. Well, at least in South Florida, if if you come up on somebody in the le- on the left hand lane not an old person, but just, you know, normal people, they'll get out of the way 
Texans? No, no. <laughs> um, and also, I was uh, greatly offended because I've um, I, I didn't realize that state. I always thought that state flags had to be lower on the flagpole or smaller than the American flag. Not in Texas. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, but I conquered that in one day because that was my goal. Because I heard about the the drives across the country and how Texas can kick your ass, and it is a huge state. Um, it gets pretty nice driving especially in the western part but um you know luckily i have a german car so that made my trek across the country pretty nice so i am now here gundam is now bi-coastal uh, <laughs> we are uh, we're experimenting um and uh, everything's going well i know that we have listeners out here so I, I there are a few things i need to talk to you guys about i I found some record stores now, but I need to find uh, a good comic shop. So Ooh. hit me up with on, um, on my email and um, let me know some of your suggestions, and I will definitely uh, take that. And uh, if you want to have any celebrations of me, you can do that, too. I will authorize it. So, <laughs> have you like California? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, 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 to be honest with you, it's like being in South Florida without humidity. Mm. So, um, you know, lot, lots of freeways, uh, lots of people, and, um, you know, just... Lots of maids, too, yeah. Lots of maids. I'm not up there with uh, the, uh, what was he called, the sperminator or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> come with me. Or what is it? Yeah, hey, come like, with me if you want to live, yeah. <laughs> come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want a child. <laughs> what was it? He got spotted with a um, like a joke shirt about uh, w with his ex-wife or soon-to-be ex-wife a couple weeks ago. I, I was reading on the paper and it's like, mm. Jesus, what an asshole this guy! Is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but that's uh, that's the reason. So um, I also found out while I was getting my uh, DoD ID at one of the bases. I, I work down the road from um, actually Bandai Namco U.S. headquarters, so I just want to let them know that I'll probably be coming in in the next few weeks to pick up those commission checks <laughs> for uh, all those uh, unicorn blue uh, Blu-rays that we help you guys help help you guys sell. So um, all that swag yeah. and review copies that we don't get for anything. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, I'll just uh, we. Please, please make them out to one person, and then we can distribute it from that way. It's going to be a little tough to have all three of us sign the back of those, endorse all the backs of those checks. So don't forget the uh, the bribe money for giving five star reviews to every episode of Gundam Age. Oh, oh, oh wait, I wasn't supposed to talk about that. Oh, no. wait, wait. Edit it out, Solbro. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. So I'm I'm back and I'm ready to go and. Uh, you know, um, before we get into anything, uh, we're only going to be doing two topics this um, this episode, and the first one's like actually, we always do. <laughs> like most times, we do one, but uh, the first one's actually going to be a mailbag catch-up, one of the quarterly catch-ups that we're like doing. So, at the end of the news in this first segment, we won't be doing the mailbag. We'll just be going to that uh, in its own segment, and then after that, we will be talking about some of our favorite mecha senpais. So. Uh, yeah, sounds like it sounds super, super exciting. Oh, so, man. I predict a lot of pineapple salad. Pineapple salad. <laughs> um, well, uh, what, what's his face? Um, Amazing disappearing space helmets. No it, doubt. What? Oh, God, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. New York Strip from Matt Cross. Oh, what? yeah. 
it, it would have been funny if he was a senpai because uh, I think I think we've made his uh, half-eaten New York strip more famous than him, Kakazaki. <laughs> Kakazaki. But uh, before we before we get into some of that good stuff, uh, it's going to be some great uh, news here. And I, Chris, I, I'd like to thank you as a fellow journalist for taking up um, the mantle and delivering the news to all the folks last week. Uh, you didn't do it as well as I do it, but you know. <laughs> We can't all be perfect. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and, and no, can, heaven forbid. <laughs> we, we, uh, you can always submit articles to the Neos Listener Submitted News Articles thread and the Mecha Talk forum under the Gundam section. But the first one here is from Bushido, and this is some shocking breaking news in this oh. kind of anime news network. And the thing is, new season of Code Geass aimed for 2012. Holy God! I can't believe that they're going to do this. I wonder why. I didn't. I well, didn't think it. Did they don't well. mean by by season. They really just mean that OVA that's already been announced. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean, or people are are probably getting a little too excited. Yeah. <laughs> I bet though. I bet in this one, Lelouch stays dead. So uh, we can only hope. Or maybe he'll have uh, magical senpai uh, regeneration like uh, Mula Flaga. <laughs> well, no, this is, this is a side story set during the series. So, yeah, he's still alive anyway. Oh, yeah. okay. And Suzaku still did it. Oh. <laughs> Suzaku did it. But I'd like to thank Mr. Bushido for your uh, submission. And you have a very interesting Wait, icon. Is, is, that, is that Bushido or Mr. Bushido? Because that's, that's getting into somebody else entirely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he became Graham again at the end of that show. So he's, Young uh, he was, man, fight me. <laughs> he, he, was, he was only Mr. Bushido for you know, that, that horrible second season uh, up until the last uh, episode when he, he became nice again. So <laughs> thank you, Bushido. Mr. Mr. No, Mr. Pause Bushido. Wait. Why not just call thank him Senor Bushido? <laughs> Senor Bushido. There you go. Or Monsieur, what is it, Monsignor, not Monsignor, Monsignor. Monsieur, <laughs> Monsieur Bushido. Uh, right now, my grandmother would be pissed at me if she heard me screw up French like that. Oh, my God, she'd be yelling at me. But thank you, Bushido, for your submission. And the next one is from Wilder, and Pedo Bears Rejoice. Oh, oh my God, Pedo Bears Rejoice. Uh, Bandai Visual, coming for those checks next week. Uh, is going to release a Blu-ray box. Oh, this is another commission that we can get. Uh, aim for the top, the Blu-ray box of Aim for the Top Gunbuster, and uh, it's going to have some new footage in it. It's mm-hmm. going to be remastered and uh, 5.1 sound, and uh, it's um, you know been transferred from the original film stock. So um, it's going to have some booklets in it, and it's going to be about two hundred dollars. <laughs> U.S. for the three-disc Blu-ray. What? No surprise. It's Bandai Visual, after all. Yes. $200 for six episodes. Good I, Lord. Well, the, the college semesters are starting, so Pedo Bear North is probably getting his loan check in, so um, <laughs> good problem for him. <laughs> Get those loan checks, visit those sperm banks. <laughs> so, uh, you know, all fans, and this is it's uh, going to be released in February of 2012. So uh, nice. Have uh, have fun on that. Uh, once again, uh, that was something that we record we reviewed a long time ago. So um, I'm sure the the reason why these Blu-rays are even being done is because of the excitement that we generated for the show. So show the love, Bandai. Yeah, but, that's it. That's the ticket. Thank you, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. And uh, 
Next one here is coming from a longtime listener here. And this is JCN Castle 76. Oh, oh. And he's got some news coming here from the Anime News Network. And on Oct you know, I thought when when's the Mayan thing? It's twenty twelve, but is it October or December? December. Okay. Well, it might be coming early this year because October 9th, two thousand eleven. <laughs> The world is going to change because we're actually going to have this is the uh, the official premiere of Gundam Age, the first Gundam show that ha features children piloting robots. Never been <laughs> done before. So uh, you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be big news there. So uh, you know set your DVRs or set your no set your torrent VRs and uh, pre torrent now. And uh, I will go to Chris. Uh, with some breaking news also re regarding Gundam Age, the first Gundam show with children piloting mechs. Amazing. <laughs> breaking Chris. news on the European front. The Nazis have fallen. <laughs> Berlin surrenders. Hitler's dead. <laughs> Hitler has committed suicide. VE Day celebrated in Europe and across the world, except for Look. Japan, because they're fascists, too. Look. <laughs> Look at all the happy faces, and look at some of our boys getting some sugar from those English babes in Trafalgar Square. Go get there, <laughs> Yank. Yes, Chris, <laughs> go ahead. All right, so uh, as, as you know, ever since Seed, we've had a gazillion manga spin-offs for every Gundam show, so yeah. Gundam Age is no disappointment in that regard. So this is some news, not submitted, but it comes from Gundam Guy. Mm -hmm. And the news is the announcement of a spinoff, Mobile Suit Gundam Age Treasure Star. Oh. New serialization begins in the October 2011 issue of Koro Koro, which of course is a kid's magazine. So this is right. shooting after that audience instead of having it in Gundam Ace as you normally would. But I don't doubt that Gundam Ace will probably have its own spinoff of some variety. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the preview is in the September issue. The art is by Masanori Yoshida, and it says here, a young boy who dreamt of outer space comes across a mobile suit. Now, together with Koro Koro and Gundam, legend starts up. You'll witness the greatest adventure in history in the next issue. You'll even cross the edge of the universe. Oh my God. Wow. I will? Nice. Man. So, Am I going to be able to see this in English, or um, going to have to wait for scanlations? <laughs> I'm guessing you have to be scanlations. So there's some scans to go along with this news. You can find it at Gundam Guy. you got some new mobile suits. There's uh, a new mobile suit called the Zedus that's by the unknown enemy, and it kind of looks like uh, the Gaffron, but it doesn't transform into a dragon. Mm -hmm. But it looks kind of similar. It's kind of neat looking. And the... Main suit is question is called the Desperado, and it's a civilian worker mobile suit as the star of the manga, which is pretty interesting change. And there's a very small scan of it. It kind of looks sort of like uh, a cousin of the Leo. Oh, so you grunt suit. So you can read all about that in the future. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this manga as time goes on. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure there'll be lots of complaints once this manga's out. So can't wait to hear those. But uh, yes. Doomsday is happening October 9th, 2011, Gundam with Children. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. JCN Castle 76 for your submission. And uh, I actually got another one here from Wilder, and uh, this is from the Anime News Network, and 
it's a good segue because it uh, has a scary little picture of a child on it. And if you go to his link, uh, remember the life-size Gundam? Yeah. You guys remember that, right? And Obadiah, mm. well, it's returned. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, huh? <laughs> this Gundam, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you making up these gibberish names? Gundam. <laughs> what the hell is this all about? But um, there's, uh, it's actually returned in parts and, uh, t- to, this, uh, to this park, and you can actually... It looks kind of cool. I mean, they got the head there. Then they have a uh, then they have a hand crushing a little Japanese girl. Sweet. And, and uh, it's uh, going to be there from August 13th to the 21st. So um, the admission six dollars US or 500 yen. So all those fortunate enough to be in Japan at those times, uh, go check it out. Send us some pics, um, especially maybe showing it where your head's getting crushed by the Gundam. That would be funny. Or maybe, um, you know, having some sexual positions with the Gundam head. I don't know. But um, submit those all to SBRMHQ at uh, Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, huh? <laughs> Why not? But awesome. uh, thank you again, Mr. Wielder, for your submission. And you get the, uh, not the Pulitzer Prize, but the Pulitzer Prize for uh, journalism excellence and helping me do the news. So um, next one here, and this was uh, overwritten. I I originally did not want to do this article, but I was overridden by the managing editor, and uh, he yelled at me extensively the whole morning about this, and this comes from Mr. Saber. And uh, I know Chris and Solbro are very excited about this because when they heard about it, they wanted her like, "Why, why are you not putting this in there? Well, more, but, more, so, more so me, but not Chris. It's okay. actually sad news for Chris. Okay. Um, uh, I'm having a hard time saying these three words. Um, the best way that we can, we can do it is, uh, it's a ama- Well, remember Gundam Sea Destiny? Mm-hmm. And the guy that does the voice of Shin Asuka, the main character of that show, not Atherin, uh, by the way. And uh, <laughs> the, um, the besmircher of a red Zaku, Lunamaria Hawk. Oh, uh, boy. Well, her, her voice actor, uh, Maya Sakamoto, and Shin's voice actor, Kenichi Suzumura. They just got married on, Oct- on August 8th. Well, congratulations. Hey. And, um, but, you know, now we have become a girl show. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Mr. Saber, for your submission. And uh, we're going to have to man this up here shortly. Last article here comes from Shonen Ninja. And this is some good stuff. Remember, uh, remember a company called ADB, and um, you know they, they were so successful that they put themselves out of business. Successfully successful at putting themselves out of business. Well, they're uh, they're looking for a little money grab here, just uh, just like the um, the video game developers. You know, they want that you know that copy of Gears of War three has been sold nine times. We need a piece of this. Um, but ADB, they're soon, they're filing a lawsuit against Gynex about the live action option for the. Neon Genesis Evangelion franchise. So I guess they're uh, they're just trying to recoup some money from their uh, bankruptcy proceedings. And um, this is pretty funny. Uh, ADV they 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 made the following payments to Gynex, and they're looking to recover these. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's that much. Uh, Ten thousand dollars on March third, two thousand four. Twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not a whole hell of a lot of money, but they're looking. Well, for but interest. more recently they tried to pay them a hundred grand to yeah. keep the rights, and Gannis was like, "No, we want more, more. See, yeah." Well, that, that's what I was. That's what I was going to get to. Thank you for uh, Soulburn. <laughs> But I know, I, I know, uh, I know you get excited about this stuff, this legal stuff, and you become uh, you become uh, the, the Jim Cramer of um, 
of anime legal legalese. Bam, bam, bam. But uh, we sell, will... sell, sell. <laughs> <laughs> Bear Stearns is a solid company. Lehman Brothers, put your whole 401k in there. Invest in News Corp. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot it's... stock. Hot, 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 hot. Put all your money in there. Put your eggs in one basket. Do it. It's awesome. Yeah, eight feet made News in Corp. Addition. Way to go. Another $100,000. Uh, and you know, that $100,000, that could have been some more uh, low-grade uh, anime that they could have brought us instead. So I can understand why they probably want this money back. So, instead of uh, a made-for-wear live-action movie that's never going to exist. Jeez. Yeah, how many, what, what, were there, what was that? God, that was like, what, 2004, 2003, 2004, where they showed like that one one picture. And, and drawing it, by Weta, it's like, whoop-de-doo. Yeah. You got a drawing. <laughs> it's like yeah, if, it, if it's done by Peter ja- yeah, done by Peter Jackson, it'll be the longest movie ever. But um, thank you, oh. Mr. Showman Ninja, for that. And that's it for the news. And like always, I want to thank everybody for their submissions. And uh, like I had stated earlier, when we opened up the show, we were going to be doing an extended mailbag segment. So we will be back in a little bit. Um, is there anything that you guys need to say or comment on before we get into our first segment about the extended mailbag? I don't like you. I never have and I never will. <laughs> you bother me. You annoy me. Why? Why Can't is send the look of you? Go why, away. Why is the managing editor back on here? I've already had enough of you today. I didn't want to do the marriage. The marriage. It's getting part. on thin ice, buddy. You better watch it. Do you know who well, I am? I will leave and I will start my own network. <laughs> Good riddance, you're washed up. You're yesterday's news. Nobody cares about you. Oh. I will open up at Neo University and have unaccredited, accredited people talk about things that they know nothing about. But uh, the world's most ill-informed come from there. <laughs> <laughs> but, anything else before we get into our first segment? Oh, I'm ready to open up some envelopes. Let's do this. All right. Well, we will be back with the extended mailbag. You're listening to Gundam at MAHQ. Hey, Ricky, how you doing? Lee, I see you got everything under control, man. I'm gonna go downstairs and the gun. Damn! What happened to rain? If you're into sports, working out, or just need a new pair of shoes, and you're a proud listener of Gundam at MAHQ, well, we got the thing for you. If you go to Gundam.net, you can click on the Champs banner and receive 10% off a $50 or more purchase by entering the code AFMAHQCH or 15% off of a $75 or more purchase using the code AFGUNDCH. If you're a fan of the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, college sports, or even stuff like Major League Soccer and a lot of your uh, premiership soccer jerseys, definitely go to champsports.com for all those needs and also visit them because they have some great deals on footwear and other products. We, the hosts of Gundam at MAHQ, visit champsports.com for all of our footwear and sporting good needs. You should too. In a world where vivid flashbacks can strike without warning. In a world where a submissive adolescent must pilot a giant humanoid robot to save humanity. 
in the same world where a two-legged quadruped can run leisurely at the speed of sound with the aid of jewelry. Only one podcast can discuss this with their sanity intact. And this is Not That Podcast. www.ssapodcast.com The Ass Backwards Anime Podcast. Oh wait, I was supposed to use that voice in the beginning. Uh, let's go again. Gun- Damn! You got to be a stupid mother to get five on your day off. This segment of Gundam at MAHQ is sponsored by Champ Sports. All right, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is Chris, and we're going to kick off our first segment, which is an all-mailbag segment due to an overwhelming number of questions because no matter how many we answer in any given segment, by the time the next episode rolls around, there have been so many more posted that we can't keep up with the rate that they're being posted, they're which like is not a bad problem. Well, they're, they're, Although, they're, they're, like gremlins, s- right? they're like gremlins. That we, you, yes. you dropped water on the first question, and it just kept multiplying. <laughs> yes. I will say, though, if you also listen to Chaos Theater, please give us a hand because we have the opposite problem there. We need... Ooh. More questions. We need more people other than just Moo to ask questions on Chaos Theater. So please give him and give us a hand. <laughs> he's uh, he's he's keeping he's keeping it real for you guys, right? Keeping the keeping it going, huh? Keeping keeping those inquiries coming. Well, <laughs> yeah. So dipping back into June, our first question comes from Bent Noir, mm-hmm. who says. Having heard your thoughts on bronies in the last episode, I'm probably Ooh. tempting fate here, but I'm a guy who likes magical girl anime. Does oh. that put me in the same category as the bronies? No, sir, it does not, because bronies are sad, pathetic creatures. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, and actually, some you know, some magical girl um, anime is good, and you know, if something's good, it's you know, you can watch it. It's not a problem. I, I gotta say, um, I, 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 I'm a um, closet fan of uh, Sailor Moon. Um, I, I enjoyed the first couple seasons. I never really saw it all the way through. But, that's, not, uh, that's not a big revelation, though, because I'd I, I have to say a lot of people are probably Sailor Moon fans, but, you know, yeah, I mean, you're right there. I, yeah. won't, make, I won't make excuses, because um, it was during the time where uh, anime wasn't as big in America as, uh, as it would be, but, you know, I'd see a, uh, the, the odd episode of Sailor Moon here and there on fan subtapes. And I'd just be I'd be enamored and, and watch it, and um, I I think that's really the only uh, magical girl anime I, I, I really uh, enjoyed a great deal of, at least for a short period of time, before uh, you know just just getting my nuts back. But you know whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Too much information. Sailor Moon. Next Sailor question. Moon. That's what's up. <laughs> Next question. Leave it, leave it to Solbro to give us the TMI. You, yeah, you, exactly. you you're welcome. <laughs> 
Our next question comes from jroy1117, who says, Dear Gundam crew, hello, this is Justin, the guy who was teaching English abroad. Okay. I just finished listening to episode 80, and I must say, you three are brilliant as always. Brilliant! <laughs> Keep up the good work. Although you guys might be ill-informed from time to time. Now, hold up a second. Your, your, uh, your wording there is off. You said guys. Don't lump me and Sobro in with the guy who's ill-informed. Yeah. I'm, remember, I'm ill-informed. Sobro just drones on and doesn't, it, we don't allow him to speak enough, you know. And Chris is just an asshole. So that's, who, that's about who, it. Who tyrannizes and monopolizes the show's time. There yeah. you go. All, all Get the it straight. Sports, yeah. Yeah. We, we all have our roles to play. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. He says, I believe that at least one of you has some sort of experience in law. That would be me. Therefore, I would he- like to hear your I've guys' opinion. I've breaking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On Senate Bill 978. For the listeners and maybe Sobro who do not know about this bill, I don't know why he would assume Sobro wouldn't know, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> now he's assuming Sobro's ill-informed. <laughs> A summary of this bill states, makes unauthorized web streaming of copyrighted content a felony with the possible penalty of up to five years in prison. Illegal streaming of copyrighted content is defined in the bill as an offense that consists of 10 or more public performances by electronic means during any 180-day period of one or more copyrighted works and has a total economic value either to the copyright holder or the infringer of at least $2,500. And there's a link to opencongress.org, which has the text of the bill and all that fun stuff. He says... Mm. This seems relevant to the anime community, so I thought I would bring it up and let you kick it around a bit. Thanks a lot, guys, and keep up the good work. So, I'll so take this es- one first. So before you start, Chris, so in essence, what they're trying—they're trying to pass a bill that's going to make it illegal to stream copyrighted material within a certain what is it, 180 days? Is what it was saying, or yeah, it's it's multiple performances across a 180-day okay. period. So they're they're trying to crack down on you know all the stuff you see of you know, illegal TV streams and porn right. streams and all that fun stuff. So okay. here's the thing about uh, a bill like this. From what I've seen of my, my real experience and from what I've read over many, many years, the fix is already in. You know, the, the, the big content out there, you know, whether it's the movie studios, the TV production companies, the record labels, they all have massive marketing power in Congress and massive lobbying ability. Hell, there's a representative in Congress named Howard Berman. He's from California. He's mm-hmm. a lot of times derisively referred to as Congressman Hollywood because yeah. he pretty much is their lapdog on every copyright issue there is and blindly supports everything that they want. Yeah. So all of these things, all of these laws, I mean, you, you hear in the news all the time where you've got the lobbyists writing the legislation for the legislators. And, of course, they're going to write it to benefit themselves, which is precisely the way this is. Yeah. So, you know, you could, there could be all the public outrage that you want about this. But in the end, you have all these members of Congress in both parties who are completely tone deaf to what the public wants. And all they care about is their campaign contributions. So this will probably go through. And I'm not being a pessimist about this. I'm just looking at past experience and given that the fact that our Congress is completely broken, doesn't take much to see that. Just watch the news for a few minutes. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. I've got a, I've, a second your opinion, man. Um, I, I, this is going to go through no matter how, how, how many people try to fight it. Um, the, the, as you said, the fix is in. And um, the entertainment industry has been pushing for this for quite some time. 
and it's just one step further to to locking down copyrighted content on the internet, which is going to suck for a lot of people. But uh, it, uh, I, I could talk about this all day. But go ahead. Well, I just it's it's just their you know uh, the entertainment media record industry movies and stuff like that. They're just playing catch up, and you know they never thought the streaming thing would work. I mean, and yeah. they never thought it was going to become popular, and they were so used to their own legacy systems when it came to you know distribution of movies and TV shows and stuff like that that they didn't realize that there's another market in there. And, and like Chris said, it is one of these situations where unfortunately you don't want to be the pessimist, but these lobbies are very powerful and uh, a lot of money comes in and you know it, but you know what the thing is, is it'll always adapt. I mean, there's always going to be more, there's going to be other ways to get this media and there's going to be, you know, a lot of these companies, they may end up just going the, the, the way of the Dodo too. So, I mean, if it's something that you, if it's something that's important to you, I still think you should fight it. I'm not going to sit there and say that you shouldn't um, do it, but, you know, cause that, that is part of, you know, what's great about being an American is you're able to voice your opinion on it, but don't get too discouraged and don't you know, get too much if these things do go through because, you know, sometimes you are fighting the, uh, the system and a lot of times the system's going to win on a situation like this. So I got to bring up something that um, Will Wheaton brought up at uh, Comic-Con this year. Um, yeah. He was in a, he was in the a house Will Wheaton? Will Wheaton is, um, you should be Wesley familiar Crusher, with Wesley the boy. The, <laughs> the boy wonder on, the, uh, on Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, oh, uh, the, yeah. the, mo- uh, the doctor's kid? Yeah, uh, the doctor. I only watched. Kid. I only watched that first episode. Like, <laughs> well, he was also in Stand by Me and, and several other movies. Uh-oh. But Will, Will Wheaton um, has a podcast, and um, he's also on Eureka, which recently got canceled, sadly. Um, but he was there at a panel at Comic Con um, for Eureka, and um, a news agency sat him down on a, and on was a panel to on him. a panel for a show that got canceled. That's hilarious. Well, well, well it got canceled after the panel. <laughs> Like like weeks it after got, it got it got canceled due to the panel. <laughs> well, the, the show the show just the, the word of the show getting canceled just happened this week, but um the panel was a couple weeks ago. Okay, get at to Comic Con, but anyway, um Will Wheaton was talking about um uh he was talking about the fact that uh the entertainment industry is so far behind on making their content readily available right, um for people and. And he was saying that, you know, the reason why people pirate and stream illegally is because people want to get the product as easily and quickly as they can. People, some people are, are, are just... I, I disagree with that because I, well, I think a lot of people pirate yeah, yeah. is, you know, reality check, Solbro. A lot of the people... Well, I, I wasn't finished, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but make, the, point, the, the thing is, is they're just cheap. Why ass. don't you let him make his point before you interrupt him and disagree? <laughs> Well, there's, there's two. There, he said there were two sides of the argument. Well, number one was is that there are people out there who are going to pirate no matter what they do, whatever whatever strides the entertainment industry are going to do. People are going to get what they want for free no matter how how hard they have to do to get it. If they're not going to pay for anything. That's 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 exactly how it is. And then the majority of people are fine with paying for stuff. And they're glad to go. Out, they're willing to go out there and pay for things. But when the um, entertainment industry is so far behind in providing the content, or, or, or not even having the content available for people to watch, they've got to look for um, uh, means of Ill, Ill, you know just just uh, illegal means to get what they want to watch. Um, he even brought up a, a, a fact that he 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 films the show Eureka in Canada, and he bought some things off of iTunes to watch. But when he was in Canada, he couldn't watch those things because um it's it's it. Uh, 
the Canada didn't have the rights to show episodes of Doctor Who that he that, that he wanted to see. He already paid for them, but he couldn't watch them in Canada. And it's like, why do I have to put up with this when I can just go to some torrent site and get the episodes I want to watch, and you know it won't be a problem for me? But I actually want to pay for these things. And um, it, he had made a remark that um, right now the entertainment industry is caught up to about 1997 when it comes to providing their internet their um their their content um for people to get uh, uh online as opposed to pirates who are pretty much caught up to today's standards on on providing things and um pirates it, it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just it's just it's 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 just a, a nice commentary on where we stand right now especially with this legislature going through for the um for making it illegal for people to stream stuff well streaming is the future and the entertainment industry seems to be fighting it you know tooth and well, nail they, they always fight everything i mean i always go yeah. back to the yeah. example of Jack Valenti railing against the demonic device known as the VCR and how it would destroy movies, yes. make movies worthless. Absolutely. You know, these, these entrenched media companies are always backwards. They always yeah. fight against everything that's new. And mm-hmm. if you look about, say, for example, anime piracy, you should never mm-hmm. have the situation where piracy is the easiest, most convenient, and best option. Look Absolutely. at the old days of anime piracy where you had to have scripts to watch raw, fuzzy videotapes. Mm-hmm. Or eventually you had to go to comic shops and buy subtitled fuzzy videotapes. Yeah. They're of inferior quality to what you would buy in stores. Mm-hmm. But that reality has changed ever since everything went digital, but Hollywood refuses to catch up. Perfect example of making things available to people, uh, and Neo and I encountered this issue recently, watching Babylon 5 on Netflix Instant Streaming. Yeah. It was on there for quite a while, and I was near to the end of season five, and suddenly I got a notice that in about a week it was all going to be gone. Yeah. And I had to rush through and finish it, as did Neo. Yeah. What, what is the point of you know, putting it up there and then taking it down after a little while with a little tiny amount of notice? What if someone was in the middle of watching it on Netflix and streaming, say, season one or two or whatever, and mm-hmm. then you take it off? What are they going to do? Are they, are they going to get pissed and run out and buy it? Or more likely, are they going to get pissed and run to Pirate Bay? Or well, even- it, you know, what's funny is you bring that up is when I was doing my, uh, my trip across country, I think like the second night I, I was in the hotel and I, you know, Netflix on my computer, on my laptop, and I was just looking for something to watch. And I saw The Born Identity and I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen this movie in years. Well, I'm, you know, it's just like the point on Babylon 5. I look at it. In two days, it was going to get taken off because this was, you know, or it was like August 1st, it was going to get taken off. This was like the July 27th. I'm like, wow, this is stupid. You know, this is a, this is a movie that's what, from like 2002 and you can't keep this on here for whatever reason, just like, you know, and, and the whole thing with Babylon 5, it's like, you know, Chris is right. If you're in a situation where you just started watching this and it's like, oh, wow, there's five seasons of this. There's a hundred and something episodes and, oh, I, I started it two weeks ago, and now it's going to be done in, in a week. So, you know, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to wow. have to. And, 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 you know, even in Babylon 5 and stuff like that, th- these, aren't, these aren't shows that are readily available at your local Best Buy or, or wherever you buy videos. I mean... Yeah, what's yeah, the you, point of on-demand yeah. if you're not going to make things available? Or, even more recently, maybe Sobro has experience with this, the way that now... Fox is trying to sabotage Hulu, a company yeah. that it is invested in, by mm-hmm. locking off its content and making you have to subscribe to cable services and Hulu Plus. It's like, well, what's, what's even the point then of, of being involved with Hulu if you're not going to make anything available? Yeah, it's, it's, Just it's, because you're focusing on cable. Cable is old news. Yeah, it really is, literally. 
sense. So it, it, it all goes back to the main point of the big content, the media industry, is just backwards in every way, shape, and form. They never want to embrace new technology, even though they know that eventually they'll have to, but they fight it tooth and nail to their detriment and to ours. Yeah. And, and it's, this it's, streaming legislation is just a perfect example of that. Yes, and, it's, it's, and, it, and it all boils down just the money because, you know, you, if, if you have a cash cow like these things and you're making, you know, you're, you're making money hand over fist and then you have to embrace a new media, well, you're going to have to do a capital outlay and you might have a loss. And, and you know, and that's what it really just boils down to. So, but that's my piece on this. All right, let's move on. <laughs> all right. Next questions <laughs> come from Devil Survivor. He says, first... Have you played any of the Mech Warrior games or read any of the novels? No. No. <laughs> Soul Bro? It, it's got a strong following, but no, I, I haven't either. I know, I know, I've known a lot of people who have, though. Why'd you have, why'd you have to be Switzerland about it? I, I, know, I was about to say the same thing. I was just trying to be cool, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was asking you a question. You're uh, no, it's a yes or no, no question. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to give him a little bit more than just a one-syllable word. Other, <laughs> other people like this, but I haven't seen it. Hey, How man, does that it, give more information? Because <laughs> to be honest, right, if I gave a filler, then shit. <laughs> based, on his, based on his question, your view on the franchise as a whole, at which point, Solbro, you could give your filler answer. All yep. right, well, well shoot, I, I guess I jumped the gun a little bit there. As usual. But, as usual. <laughs> I guess I've answered that question. I, I need to be the most likable one on this show. Uh, I hate you guys so much. <laughs> Um, so you go to the but, UN, man. You, you just be like, I know uh, some people have some views on this side regarding the slaughter of children in Africa, and no some doubt. people have different views <laughs> regarding the slaughter of children in Africa. That's crazy extreme, but <laughs> that's you, man. <laughs> that is me all day. But Look, what, what, now, some people may agree with child prostitution <laughs> in the third world, and others may disagree with it. Let's talk about. It. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh man! Well, what are you guys' thoughts on the Mecha Warrior franchise? I'll be honest with you, I don't know too much about it. I mean, I see the things at shops, and I know there is a huge following on it. Sorry to steal your thunder there, Soul Bro, but no doubt, <laughs> I—that's my extent there. So my thoughts are, it is a franchise that exists. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just—I got not nothing sure. against it. I'm just not involved with it. So yet, so if I ever do, then I'll—I'll I'll update this then. His second question, what is your opinion on the portrayal of the LGBT community in anime? Oh. Well, I'll, I'll take this one first. I'll bet you in Japan they don't even know what LGBT means, first of all. <laughs> what does LGBT mean? That's what? Lesbian, gay, uh, bisexual, bisexual transsexual, transgender. Oh. Or, or Q sometimes at the end for queer. Anyway. I, I thought that was like a new phone, the LGBT. No, it's not, it's, it, it, not to be confused with LTE. <laughs> So, okay. Anyway, let's, let's narrow it down to the depiction of gay people. Because mm -hmm. that's probably the most relevant way to examine this. And I would say, given that Japan society is not even um, that, that uh, fair instrument of women in all of its entertainment, how would you expect them to treat gay people? Yeah, they're not exactly the most open-minded people when it comes to things oh, like that. Yeah. Most of the time, when you see gay people, usually gay men, they're always played up to be ridiculously flamboyant 
and yeah. effeminate. Perfect example would be if you're watching the currently airing Tiger and Bunny, the guy mm-hmm. named Fire Emblem. Or, or, yeah, or in Mecha sense, uh, Bobby from uh, Macross Frontier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about... Um, what is Silver's gun? Um, oh, oh, you bet. Uh, <laughs> from, from One Piece, uh, Mr. Two. Oh, yeah. What or ab- even more out there, uh, Evenkopf, who basically is a giant uh, Dr. Frankenfurter. But anyway. The mechanic from uh, Gurren Lagann also. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He had a wife, though. Right? Didn't that guy have no, a wife? Ron. Leron, oh, Leron, Leron, yeah, he was, he was gay, but he was, he was real, it was, it was real, um, I mean, was he, he, cool? he, he, was he cool people? He was, he was, he was diggable planets, man, he but was, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, was a feminine looking, but yeah. he was chill, though, he was real chill, and then there was Daily Wong off of, um, the original Bubblegum Crisis, uh, <laughs> Leon's partner, who just yeah. really, it was real subtle with it, he was real subtle with it, yeah. you wouldn't have known, he brought it up to, like, Leon once or twice, and that was about it, but that was the first gay character I ever saw in anime. With the, Daily Wong. The thing is, uh, most of the time, and because you know, I, I've never seen, I've, I don't recall seeing many lesbians in anime. Yeah. So I'm gonna stick to gay guys. Most of the time, they just embody every stereotype that that people have in the West of gay people. They're right. all overly effeminate, very delicate. They're always like massively hitting on and coming on to straight guys all the time, mm-hmm. never ending, always trying to get them. And yeah, it's it's backwards. It's not yeah. very forward thinking. It's not very progressive. But hey, it's Japan. They they have entirely different views on the subject than we do. And hell, even we haven't gotten our views squared out because you don't have to look very far to see how much anti-gay bigotry there is in America. So oh, that's true. I mean, I, I think when it comes to TV, we're a little bit ahead yeah, of the curve. We're, we're getting a little bit better now. Yeah, yeah. but Japan is. I would say Japan. At, the way they depict gay characters in anime, they're probably 10 or 15 years behind where we are. Pretty much, yeah. Because at least now we have shows you know, like Glee. We have you know, lots of shows and movies where gay people are starting to be shown as actual people and not just ridiculous comic relief. Yes, indeed. Or you have they're situations. They're being shown as, as real people who you know, have complexities and have you know, dimension to them and depth. Or, or you have the, the other thing where... Um... You have like known gay actors play straight people. Like, doesn't doesn't Doogie Howser like he's gay in real life? But in he and like yeah, but he only gay. very recently came out. That's that's a whole yeah, other area because but, uh, you know, work for gay people is yeah, very hard to get. Of course, right? So I don't know. Unless your name is Ellen DeGeneres or you know, personally <laughs> this chick from uh, from what's your name, Jane Lynch? Yeah, or, Jane uh, Lynch, Magneto. Oh yeah, my yes. man Ian McKellen. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice one. But um, yeah, if anything, the the entertainment industry has uh has a ways to go when it comes to a proper portrayal of uh of 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 gay characters in 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 in, in, in shows and whatnot, in uh, especially in anime. Oh my god, <laughs> it's it's still got a long ways to go there. I, I agree with them. All right. His next question is: Now that Duke Nukem Forever has finally, after twelve years, escaped development hell, is there hope for the seed movie breaking out to LOL? Ooh. <laughs> I would say probably not, because you know you only hear about that movie once every few years, and never is it anything like, yeah, we're moving forward with this. It's it's always, yeah, it's exactly gone nowhere, just like it had a few years before. I mean, if you look at the window of time that it took um, the Double O movie to come out, I think I would say that's the same window of time it would take for the uh, the Seed movie to come out, for it to even have the uh, the uh, the popular thrust that it, it would need to to be a success. I mean, unless there's some kind of revival of Seed, 
and they brought the shows back and and it built up excitement for a movie, then maybe. But I, I honestly don't see that happening. Well, I, I would say what I always say, which is the more time goes on, the further Seed fades from public consciousness. I mean, mm-hmm. next year is the 10th anniversary of Seed oh. airing. Yeah. Ooh, you've now got a new generation of kids who never watched Seed. We're yeah, now right. two shows removed from Seed. We had Double O come and go and get its own theatrical movie. Mm-hmm. And now we're, we're you know two months away from Gundam Age starting to air and all of the focus being put on that. Plus, we had a lot of focus on the OAV side with Unicorn. So Gundam has kind of moved on. And even though Seed is still popular, it's you know getting left behind a little bit more day by day. And if there ain't news about this soon, eventually there's not going to be much point. Because <laughs> well, are, are, are they going to announce a Seed movie before the next series that comes out after Age? And then that way it'll even be further removed? By then, it's just going to be not a priority and, more importantly, not profitable. And, and the other thing you might want to think of, too, is you might have already gotten your seed movie with the, the redone of the last episode. So, you know, because <laughs> you, ha- you have to remember that seed was given more chances and had more things going for, especially Destiny, than anything else. I mean, they had the 50 episodes, the, ex- the, the redoing of the last episode, its own clip show episode, and, uh, you know, that was separate. So, you know, maybe... I, I, I agree. I think... I wouldn't completely rule it out because, you you know, there's always that one little sliver because you just never know, but I think with because of how prolific Gundam is now and, you know, has been, and they're like you said, they've brought. Now we're on our second storyline after the Seed universe. You know, I, I don't see it happening anytime soon either. So don't hold I, breath. I'd be more apt to see another series take place in the Seed universe than a movie. I would you? No, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I would. No, I'm just saying that I, I, it's, I, I, more no. Likely, no, it's more likely. It's more likely that we'll see another series no, take place like, in the Seed universe than a yeah, movie. It's more likely to get the movie because the you movie. Think so? A movie's movie. a smaller commitment. Yeah, yeah that's true. And, and to be honest with you, they already mm-hmm. tried the other cast. Anybody wants anything with Seed, it's always going to be Kira and Atherin, So Yeah, you're right. You're so. right. Well, doggone. <laughs> All right, and his last question is, what's your favorite Star Trek ship design? Mine oh. is the Defiant, as it was one of the few ships ever built by Starfleet to be an actual dedicated warship. Mm-hmm. If I had to choose absolute favorite, it'd be a very close tie between the <clears throat> mo- original movies redesign of the first Enterprise, as well as the Enterprise D. So, don't go on. <laughs> you definitely well, you, took. You can't. Oh. You, what you, you can have the same favorite just because I yeah. said me that you can't. Well, uh, definitely my my favorite, hands down, inside and out, is the seventeen oh one D, without a doubt, the Galaxy Class uh, Enterprise. I I love that ship. It's got a special place in my heart for mom. The next generation. I I I love that ship, even though it's a cruise ship, according to Neo. It's it. <laughs> It's my favorite ship. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that ship because it, it looks out of place. I agree. I, I think the. I think the, the the mo- redesign for the movies of the original is cool, and also kind of like the um, what the hell was it called? The third movie that they that Scotty sabotaged or sabotaged? Excelsior. Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Sulu. Sulu. Sulu had in that one. Uh, Sixth movie. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool because it, it was um, it was really long. It almost reminded me like a Formula One car, like how long it Ooh. was, and it was it was so much different than the um, you know the traditional Enterprise that that traditional look that they always had. So, mm-hmm. what, what 
Did you guys like the uh, the redesign of the Enterprise in the 2009 movie? Yeah, I, I, it, was, it, it was cool, but I don't. The only problem that I could see with that is could I don't know how timeless that design is going to be because it's based on an original design, and right. I thought it worked for the movie, but I, I don't think you know just um, that that original Enterprise um, with the the movies. Uh, you know, there's just something about it, the way, the way, because it, it was just such a stark contrast from what you were used to of the, the original television show. And it, you know, it looked pretty functional. So, mm-hmm. plus two, that bridge was a little annoying. I, I didn't, you know, I don't know how, how popular Apple's going to be in 20 years. So that Apple store look inside, I don't know how, how that's going to go, how that's going <laughs> to pull up. Or that but little flare. But I'll tell you this, the original Enterprise with those kick-ass uniforms from Star Trek 2, that's, that's, that's nothing but good stuff there. Attack of the Turtlenecks. <laughs> Dude, those, 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 those uniforms are awesome. They're better than the friggin' next-generation unitard stuff. Ouch. Yeah, <laughs> All right, let's move on. Our next questions come from our pal Arbiter, who says... I saw Transformers last week and it got me to thinking. Now, I know very well there's an extremely low likelihood of Bandai attempting to make another live-action Gundam production, but still, wouldn't it be awesome to see a mobile suit like the Double O Quanta or the Hainu or the Freedom in Transformers-level CGI? Which leads me to the question. I'm no expert in foreign films, but it seems to me that Hollywood are the only ones that are capable of putting out CGI spectacles like Avatar or Dark of the Moon. Why does that seem to be, or do I have it all wrong? I'll tell you why. It's money. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the American film industry pretty much dominates the world. Yeah. Because yeah. it's been around for so long. Forever. And, yeah. you know, Hollywood can crap out action spectacles that cost $200 million. Yeah, they've got the, they got the liberty to do that. No other country can do that. And I'll say, I recently saw the live-action Space Battleship Yamato movie, which, by the way, is amazing. Wow. Yeah. It is ridiculously big budget. It looks Hollywood level. The CGI in that movie is amazing. It looks like a Hollywood movie that just happens to be full of Japanese actors. Wasn't it produced by an American studio, like Warner Brothers or something? Uh, I think they handled the distribution. Okay. But I don't think they budgeted it. Anyway, that movie is sort of like a one-off exception because it's freaking Yamato. Yeah, of course. course You're not going to see that all the time. So it just comes down to money. No film industry anywhere else in the world has the resources that Hollywood does. Yeah, and, and, and no, I would not want to see Double uh, O Quanta or any Gundam in Transformers level CGI if it means that they're all just chunks of random metal the way the Transformers are. Oh, <laughs> gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, I gotta agree with you. Um, Hollywood has established that um, themselves at the forefront of making films and having the best CG out of all the different um, film studios around um, around the world, and. Um, it's just that they have the talent and the uh, the money pool in order to get these movies made. Um, will that change over time? Maybe because you know with the advance of technology, um, you know things become easier to do. But then again, when technology advances, Hollywood's always going to be at the forefront because they're going to be taking advantage of what the latest technology can provide for CG and whatnot. So I always think that Hollywood will be a, will be ahead of the curve until uh, unless someone comes out there with some kind of game changer in a different country, but I don't foresee that happening. Yeah, I mean, the the only way I'd really want to see something like that would be um, in a good game. Like, if you if you did it like that, if you, you know, because a lot of that CGI can be used in games, too. So, because, uh, once again, I'm not a big big proponent of uh, live-action Gundam. <laughs> so, 
All right. His last question, this one seems to be aimed more towards Neo. Uh-oh. Right up your alley. He says, you guys seem to have a lot of respect for good old Admiral Adama. And I was wondering what you think might happen if Adama was, I don't know, put in charge of the Earth Federation fleet or Oz or something. So, Neo, why don't you tell us, tell us about that? Well, immediately they would win. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because it, it is Admiral Adama. Because you have to remember, this is a man that killed a robot and he saved humanity. So, uh, wherever you put him... Uh, it's bad news for the opposing side. Okay, so and, picture picture this situation. Tell me what happens here. Hmm. You have Admiral Adama okay. in charge of the Earth Federation forces with okay. Bright Noah as his right-hand man. Jeez. Ooh. Ooh. Against, <laughs> so the, the against, against every incarnation of the Zeon simultaneously, <sighs> the Crossbones and oh. Zanskari all fighting together. So the three, the, the three month war, that's what it would be. The three month war. <laughs> the three month war. <laughs> um, yeah, because well, the, the the only way that it would be interesting would be Adama head of the Titans, even though he wouldn't do it because it, it would, uh, you know, it, he's he's a man of integrity and he doesn't want to, you know, downtrodden people. Let's just let's just put the politics aside. Adama the Titans, bright versus with the AU. Now, that would be a battle. I think Adama would still be able to um, win. The only other variable would be, uh, in any of these incarnations, is he going to have the Galactica with him? That, that's, uh, that's something you'd have to see, too. Nobody can beat the Admiral, so that's just how it goes. The only time that he's weak is when he's got the mustache, because sometimes his, his, his uh, stuff is, in, is clouded a little bit. All right. Our next questions come from Anubis. He says, I recently watched the new Transformers movie. Hey, hey. While it did have some nice-looking explosions and eye candy and both, of both the robot and girl variety, I found the character somewhat lacking, to say the least. Really, the main problem I had with the movie was that the robots themselves had such poor characterization. I'm just wondering if you guys think the Transformers movies would be greatly improved if they focused on developing the Transformers as distinct characters. Well, I'll just punt. We already answered this in the, in the Transformers <laughs> segment. Yeah. And the answer was yes, because we pointed out that the characters are just there as props, as things, not as actual characters, the the Autobots and the Decepticons. Amen to that. Second question. This is for Chris and Neo. Let it be known that I do not really hate Solbro's men. However, I am curious to know which of the men did the most damage to your overall enjoyment of the show. This should be rich. Well, let's see. What's the the worst Solbro's man that we could think of? It'd have to be the original because, because, because I mean the, the the fact of is for all those times we had to hear oh oh this Saji man he's coming up he's gonna do something and it was just like because all all the other ones afterwards were just you know kind of in he he was the template because those yeah, months they were just after the fact yeah those months of of Solbro sitting here delusional <laughs> thinking that this guy is gonna do something more. Than, uh, than what he actually did, and then his blind, his blind uh, refusal to say that he really didn't do what you were proclaiming him to do. In the end, it's like he was just a side character. Hey, and, uh, allow me to agree with you completely. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I honestly think that you and Jabman just need to go to counseling. Ooh. 
with your craziness wow. that you guys think of. Oh. You, you with uh, Saji Re being... Respective insanity. Yeah, oh, well, because. The, the, the main characters of the show is... Uh, Soul Bro, the main character of Double O is Saji Crossroad. I never Chad said man. that. <laughs> Almost as bad, though, man. Oh, the King, the King Arthur reference. Yep. Wow. And he was on the come up for a little while, but sure, yeah, sure, it, yeah. it, it did, only it didn't... In, in, in your mind. In my mind, yeah. If you, just... if, you know, if you say something long enough, you'll start to believe it. So. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I'll, right. keep, I'll keep chanting that then. <laughs> and, and lastly, a question for Soul Bro. Oh, boy. I know. I know you're excited. Go ahead. He says, like you, I am a fighting game fan. During the Capcom discussion that you guys did a couple of months ago, you mentioned that the one thing you didn't like in MVC3 was X-Factor. I'm just wondering, what do you think of Capcom's inclusion of comeback mechanics like X-Factor and Ultras in Street Fighter 4? I'm disliking Capcom's moves towards these systems as they seem to actively reward players for losing. But I'd like to hear your thoughts. Solbro, tell us in 15 seconds or less. Man, you wish. Um, <laughs> I, I like comeback mechanics, uh, personally. Uh, I think X-Factor was overpowered in MVC3, and Ultimate MVC3, they've toned it down considerably. So um, it doesn't do as much damage as it did before, which I think is great. It should be a it should be a factor, but it shouldn't allow someone to get a, a get out of jail free card when they when they find themselves down um, considerably in a fight. Um, they've they've also implemented um, um, systems like uh, the Ultra System in Super Street Fighter Four and all that. But um, overall, I, I like comeback mechanics. It makes the game exciting, and when you're watching people fight, it when you see the a, a fight get turned topsy turvy or on its head because of a because of a comeback mechanic it's is an exciting thing you don't know what to expect and um i i don't have a problem with it as long as it's not way overpowered or broken that's my take all right and let's move on our next questions come from k173 he says this ran too long last time so i'll turn it down for readability what are your opinions on the quality of current slash modern japanese live action tv and film in general versus stuff done in the anime medium and talking, crossing all major genres, drama, sci-fi, comedy, romance, etc. I find in general a lot of Japanese live-action productions don't quite hit me with the same impact as the anime counterparts, nor with live-action TV from other Asian nations, Korean, HK, Taiwan, etc. Um, well, if you, if you ask China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan aren't nations, so oh, oh. That's, neither, that's neither here nor there. Oh, damn. Um, I mean, I, I, I have a little insight on this, I guess, because um, I've seen the live action versions of uh, GTO and the animated version of GTO, and I actually liked them both. I, I thought they were pretty competently done. And then you have something like uh, live action Sailor Moon, which is a, kind of a shadow of its anime and manga form. But um, it's more tokusatsu, if anything, and, and you can get that. You can get the humor out of that that um, you get from there. But yeah, usually in general, um, live action productions of anime, um, of uh, of of anime uh, series or manga series, usually pale in comparison to their original formats. Well, he's not just um, talking about that adaptations. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, just just, just TV like, in general in comparison yeah. to anime and stuff. I, yeah. I guess I don't follow as much uh, when it comes to their live action work. Sure, hell, didn't follow the question. Uh, well, well, damn. But I mean, I, I just use that as an example. I apologize if I if I didn't grasp the concept of the question all that well. I just I, I guess it goes to show that the live action stuff I watch from Japanese television is usually adaptations of stuff I've already seen animated. Or um, it's, it's okay to say that staying within your safe zones, not, hey, not venturing out, not experimenting, <laughs> not not seeing the uh, the forest for the trees. Well, one of these days I'll I'll, I'll just watch some straight up Japanese TV and 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 be able to answer this question uh, thoroughly. But um, that that's my experience. 
All right. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely Japanese TV shows usually aren't the best looking. I mean, yeah. even compared to okay budget American TV shows, mm-hmm. it's just not there. So they're good shows. I've seen a lot of good Japanese shows, but the budgets are not that astounding. Now, film, that's a whole different story because, you know, you're filming one on different stock and mm-hmm. two usually have a bigger budget to work with. So there's a lot of great stylized Japanese cinema that looks, you know, on the level of your average non-action blockbuster, non-effects heavy Hollywood movies. Yeah. Yep. So I agree. I mean, All right. No, I mean, it, in the interest of brevity, agree. Well, there's nothing I could say more about it. I mean, you're right. I mean, yeah, some of those shows don't look that, the live action shows don't look that great, but the movies, for the most part, they're on par with stuff you see. So, you know. All right. He also asks Are any of you guys into non Japanese Asian live action TV slash cinema? And if so, any notable favorites worthy of mention? I've seen quite a bit of Korean horror, so that's, that's some pretty good stuff. So you could just throw a dart on a board and find a good Korean horror movie. Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing I saw was the, uh, the adaptation of Bruce Lee's Life, that TV series. Where a lot of uh, a lot of famous American martial artists showed up in that, and I thought that was really really well done. I, I thought that uh, I forget what the actual name of the show is, but it aired on um, Hong Kong and uh, Chinese television, and it was it was pretty cool from one from the few episodes I did see of it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, there there's there's some good stuff out there. You just you know, it, it's nice now that we have mediums that we're able to explore it even more so. So you know, and I there was a period too. I was kind of watching a lot of those uh, Korean horror films. Because they are kind of interesting. So. And his last question is, on the subject of video games, would you want to see any of Hideo Kojima's big-time properties, Snatchers, Police Knots, Metal Gear, adapted into the anime medium, or do you think the game versions of the stories were told so well it's best not to touch those sacred cows, to steal a phrase? Thanks again for the great work. <laughs> I would much rather see anime versions of those three franchises yeah. than I would live-action. And, of course, in the case of Snatcher and Police Knots, I've never even played either game. But, you know, knowing what I know about Snatcher, it's neo-noirness would absolutely be right up my alley. So I would yeah. be uh, down for any versions of all three of those. Well, I, I played all three. Um, I, I played Snatcher back on the Sega CD, and it, it's l- a lot like um, Blade Runner. I, if, you, if you were to... The thing about Kojima is he borrows a lot from film anyway. So to see this regurgitated back into live action probably wouldn't do it all that much of a service. Um, but um, to see it as an anime would be pretty cool. Snatcher was a, was a great game. And Police Knots, it is actually a version of Lethal Weapon in the future. And you even got the same. If you look at the characters, they're an anime version of Danny Glover and Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon. I promise yeah, you Riggs that. Briggs and Murtaugh in space. Yeah, absolutely, dude. It's it's hilarious. And I played through the import version of that game on um on the Sega CD, and it was it was it was cool. But um yeah, I just kept thinking Lethal Weapon, and I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> when I was playing through the game, but to see those as um manga or animes would be really nice. I, I I'd love to see those, and of course Metal Gear. I would love to see that serialized as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, especially with with Metal Gear, it's like watching a movie anyway. So, uh, mm-hmm. what's what's almost the point? And um, yeah, the, the I hadn't played Snatcher or Police Knots either, so I don't, I can't really comment too much about them. But stuff like that with games, it always seems that it's a, it's a little bit uh, a little bit more palatable if you do them as animes. <laughs> you know, somehow <laughs> somehow the games work a little bit better on that aspect. So I'd probably want to see it that way too. All right, and our next questions come from Nasty Nate. Woo, all right. Who says, 
Have any of you ever imported and completed an import video game? All right, uh, I imported, yes, I bought and I imported a European copy of Shenmue 2 on the Dreamcast, Mm -hmm. which naturally I have completed multiple times. Wow, look at you, man. Yeah. Um, More recently, I have, but have not completed an import copy of The Last Window, which is the sequel to Hotel Dusk on the DS that Nintendo refuses to release here because they're dicks. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Any other games you've imported and completed? That's it for me because, you know, up until this generation, and even still in this generation, importing is so hard because of regional lockouts. I mean, with the DS... It's easy because there's no regional lockout. With the PS3, it's easy because there's no regional lockout. I know, for example, and I guess this could count, I borrowed Austin's imported copy of Gundam 0081. Oh. Which I know that uh, Nasty Nate plays. Nice. So that's easy to do because no lockout. Yeah, the DS, no lockout, but Mm -hmm. 360, Wii, 3DS, they all lock you out. So that makes it hard to do without getting into homebrew and modifications that you know they'll kind of counteract with the next version of the firmware so mm-hmm. it's just a, a problem most of the time well i know that uh, that that's very true i mean I, I i know in the 90s i did a lot of importing i used to buy a lot of import games and had to modify my systems and uh i know fighting games really don't count when it comes to um importing and then beating them because you know the whole point of getting those games is to play other people but um i did a lot of that i also imported uh back in the day in the 90s so when i had the sega saturn i imported games like dragon um uh was it a uh, dragon uh i don't want to say dragon quest it's uh it's a game on the Sega Saturn. I can't even say it now. I'll, I'll just move on. Grandia, I uh, imported that originally on the Sega Saturn and um, beat the hell out of that game um, before they brought it out here in the States. Um, many other games. Uh, Uno was a game on the Sega Saturn, which was a, uh, which was a drama game. And um, I, uh, down- I, I not downloaded it, but I actually imported that game and beat the hell out of that. And uh, just a bunch of other games throughout the 90s that I would import and play, mainly on the Sega Saturn and then later on on the PlayStation 1. I would import games or borrow import games from friends and play those too. But that's me. Yeah, I think um, I'm kind of in the same situation. Whenever I did, it was mostly like shooters, and that was like mm-hmm. in the late 90s, early 2000s, and you know, a lot of those games you couldn't beat because uh, they're fucking hard. Radiant um, Silver Gun. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Impossible. Um, I think the last one that I really did, though, was the Gundam 00 for the DS, the first one. Yeah. Um, that I did that one, but I, I haven't really done too much lately when it comes to a lot of the imports, um, you know, just for whatever reason. So, um, you know, that's about it. <laughs> and the, the game I was thinking of was Dragon Force 2. I, um, uh, the first one came out here in America, and I beat the crap out of that, and I imported the second, and I beat, beat that one too. So that's the one on the Sega Saturn. All right, his second question. What video game do you wish the most would come stateside? Age doesn't matter. All right, I got a few. I'll throw one out that I've been saying for at least 12 years. Secret of Mana 3. Oh, wow. Square. (laughs) What the hell is wrong with you? This is the best of the Secret of Mana games. Why the hell haven't you brought it out? Why couldn't you just do a simple touch-up and toss it out on the DS the way you did the DS version of Chrono Trigger? Get this freaking game out here, for Christ's sakes. But then again, this is Square Enix now and not... Square soft, so they're garbage. <laughs> That's to be expected. Also, 
all of the previous Fire Emblem games that did not come out in America. It'd be nice to have them on Virtual Console, but Nintendo, you know, they just appeal to the lowest common denominator now, and they don't care about the games that fans actually want, so that ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And another one that ain't going to happen ever, because again, Nintendo doesn't care about the games that fans want, Mother 3. Yes. <laughs> and in fact, give us Mother Collection of all three Mother games. That's all we ever got was Earthbound. Man, you are you are, you are, you have got a laundry list for the sound. Of it. <laughs> but yeah, Nintendo has a bad habit of, and Square too, of just not bringing out uh, the you know any any kind of games that you know they would have to take a chance on. They just don't want to bring those out. And um, Nintendo, uh, we can just we can go all day about. Uh, just, well, let's just not because there's still another question regarding that. Oh. Well, uh, as for uh, games I'd like to see come out here, um, I I know this is delving into Candyland, but um, definitely. Um, Mobile Ops, the one-year war. No doubt. Ban no, um, <laughs> Presto has barely gotten any of their games out here, and I know that um, they brought out the original generation Super Robot Wars games, but I would love it if the, there was ever a chance to bring out one of the uh, full-blown Super Robot Wars games out here. And um, they've got other strategy games they've created, too, like uh, Namco, Nam- Namco Cross Capcom was a uh, strategy RPG that had fighting elements in it that came out on the PS1, sorry, PS2 a couple years ago, and it was a whole lot of fun to play the import of that. Never had a chance to finish that. And then they have a recent game, which I think is in the Queen's Blade series, which plays a lot like it. And um, it's coming out for the PSP really soon. It's got a lot of fighting game characters in that. That I, 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 I saw the trailer for it just recently, and it piqued my interest, especially since it played a lot like um, Super Robot Wars and Namco Cross Capcom. Well, that I you could at least import too. with no problem since the PSP Absolutely. is not region-locked. It's just nice to be able to play a game like that in English since, you know, it's an RPG in part. But, I, you know, I could play it at least That's what uh, game to some degree. Is for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the old game facts. <laughs> but, uh, Neo, any, any games that you would like to see come over here? Well, I'll, I'll, keep, it, uh, I'll keep it within um, the, the scope of the show. Maybe some of the good Gundam games that we never get. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like Gundam 0081. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I Lord mean, knows we can't. We haven't had enough Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> exactly. I, I, mean, I mean, we'll be getting and, and shortly. I'll throw in the the versus games on PSP. You know, like yeah, um, Extreme Versus. Mm-hmm. You know, because we haven't had enough Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> Not at all. What about what about the um the Macross uh. The the Macross games that have like all the um all the different universes are stories. Sure, in Macross. that too. And um there was also on the PS2 there was the uh, in the arcade there was the Gundam Seed games that were made by Capcom and Namco where um or Capcom and Bandai where uh you got to play uh throughout the whole run of um Gundam Those Seed the Gundam Seed Destinies the versus yeah. games yeah, yeah. On, Those, I know yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. well doggone but yeah those were those were pretty awesome yeah all right and his last question is. What do you think about Nintendo saying no to the huge amount of fans trying to get The Last Story, Xenoblade, and Pandora's Tower stateside? They're assholes, that's what. Oh. (laughs) I mean, why would you not... Okay, forget about uh, Xenoblade getting a European release and our being translated to English. Mm -hmm. Forget about Pandora's Tower. The Last Story is a game from Hironobu Sakaguchi, the creator of Final Fantasy. Why would you not want to release a game that you could emblazon upon it from the creator of Final Fantasy? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But again, Nintendo, especially with the Wii, all they care about is the lowest common denominator. Casual gamer, man. Casual gamer. You know, the generally, and I know that this is what they do every every freaking cycle, 
Mm-hmm. As soon as their new system comes out, they immediately abandon the old one. Yeah. Ooh. Usually they at least wait for the new system to come out before they abandon the current one. They don't even right. seem to be doing that because aside from Zelda, Skyward Sword, and a new Kirby game, what have we got coming out that are major titles on the Wii? Nintendo has pretty much abandoned the system, but there could still be life left in it, given that it has the largest install base of the three current consoles. Why wouldn't you release these games? Hell, Xenoblade is already in English. It's getting a European release. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. And, you know, there's... It, like you said, it has an install base, so most people have a Wii. Why not? Why not release some of these games? I mean, it wouldn't cost much to translate it since it's already been translated or to port it, to bring it over here. Just yeah. do it. Well, and, recently uh, in the last week, uh, the the head man at Nintendo, good old Reggie himself, he oh. said that they're going to watch the European sales of Xenoblade very closely, which yeah. is about as non-committal as you can get. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I forgot that the, the European video game market is just like the American video game market, right? I guess this is finally our karma that, that Europe gets something that we don't yeah. after them getting screwed for decades. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, moving on. We have Bushido who says, When you guys go to anime cons, do you encounter those crazy Christian extremists that spout nothing but Jesus is Lord or you're all adulterers? I've been to Fanime twice during my lifetime so far, and both times I encountered these crazies. I personally get annoyed, so I was wondering if you had encountered them, and were you annoyed as well? I've never encountered them at cons, but one time I was with Pedro in Key West, and we encountered some uh, Westboro people. Oh. They were just sitting in a corner. Uh, with a couple of signs that say, you know, God hates fags, yada, yada, the, the general stuff that they always have. And people were just giving them dirty looks as they walked by. Bunch of jerks, man. Pretty much. Uh, I, I, I know that when we went to Comic-Con, I always heard that those people were there, but I never saw them uh, the two times I went to Comic-Con. And um, I, I guess the closest encounter I ever had was uh, one of those years that uh, Neo and I went to AFO. There was, a, I guess, a revival going on. <laughs> Well, that 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 was yeah. that was a different. But, that but was yeah, different. It, but he's, they, ta- it, he's talking yeah. about people that protest stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I that, know that, that was. Just, I'm just they saying, were just I, they were just in the same convention. They were in the same, same convention, convention center. center. Yeah, I just I just remember the looks that the people from the revival were or were, yeah. were giving they, the, the congoers, but they didn't really. They they never the twain met. You know, they they just they right. kept to their own and and whatnot. But it was just a weird kind of contrast between the two. But things were cool between both parties. But uh, I've never seen a situation where. Um, it, at least not personally, where where there's protesters outside these things telling people that you're devil worshippers or you're 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 worshiping idols oh, or, or whatever. And, they don't and, they don't say stuff like that. Well, um, I, I I've I've seen it in mm-hmm. my regular life. Um, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I, I right. probably it's probably happened at conventions that I've been to. Mm-hmm. I usually don't pay too much attention to that stuff because. In essence, as long as they're within the, the areas that they are, you know, like the, the public, um, you know, the public, uh, what is it, the, the demonstration areas that are all set up no matter where you live, I right. don't really have too much of a problem with it. So it's because that's, that's their, it's their right. And as yeah. long as they're being legal, they can say what they want. You know, okay, some of it's offensive, but, you know, you have to remember the freedom of speech, the First Amendment protects speech that's harmful. Or speech we don't like, as opposed to speech we like. So that's true. I mean, you just got to kind of go with it. So I mean, um, you know, 
it, it's just it, the the more the more uh, the more um, attention you give people like this, the more their message works. So. All right. He also asks about the Star Wars prequels. As we all know, they could have been better. What did you guys think of the designs of the Venator class, Star Destroyers, or any of the Starfighters in Revenge of the Sith? And which do you prefer, Clone Troopers or Stormtroopers? I have no problems with the designs in prequel trilogy. They're they're pretty good looking, and obviously Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta agree with the stormtroopers. Though those, they just have this uh, iconic look that the the clone troopers lack, man. <laughs> the clone troopers are kind of cool though, because I, I like the I like the ability. I like when you see like there's different versions of them. Yeah, different colors, and you know they're it, too it, colorful. Yeah, it makes sense for what they were in there, but yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. have too much of a problem. Believe me, that uh, those movies' problems were not the uh, the ship designs. So. <laughs> So. All right, and his last question is, I recently bought the Double O movie and watched it with my brothers who recently saw seasons one and two of Double O. My younger brother, who isn't a hardcore fan of Gundam and sees the movie as something very enjoyable, reminded me of an acquaintance of mine who judged the movie as a good Gundam movie, but a terrible regular movie. My question is, is it wrong and silly to judge the movie in those two categories, seeing as how Awakening of the Trailblazer was a sequel installment to the Double O universe? Yes. I mean, the movie works just fine as a quote-unquote regular movie, assuming that you've seen the TV show that it's a sequel to. Yeah. So there's there's no, like, separate category of, you know, oh, it's it's good if you like Gundam crap, but it's a bad regular movie. No, it's a good movie if you've seen the prerequisite TV series. Yeah. You'd be doing yourself a disservice if you watch it without watching the TV show. It's, I mean, if you're, say, if you're at an anime convention and they're showing it and you go to sit down and watch it, um, if you're lost or you don't, you don't, you don't get what's going on, you know, it, it, it would be a bad viewing experience. But you know, going in, that this is based on a, uh, a, a two series, two seasons of a TV show prior. So you've got to accept that if you're going to sit down and watch that movie. Um, it's not a movie that you can weigh on its own. You've got to watch what came beforehand in order to get the full weight of what the movie is expressing. All right. And next we have some questions from Berserker8. He says, what has been your biggest connecting the dots slash, oh, I see what you did there moment in an anime series where all those subtle hints just hit you? For me, as I just concluded, Get Sack was when I realized that the little boy in, not the little boy, but when I realized the boy in the wheelchair that Toko Cement while undercover had to be the laughing man. On a side note, have you seen Game of Thrones T adaptation? Because by episode four, we're introduced to the prototypical Sobro's man, Samwell. P.S. Yes. Sorry, Sobro couldn't resist. No, because Samwell eventually mans up, so he's not a Sobro's man. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I claimed him as Sobro's man when I watched the first season. I haven't read the books like some people. <laughs> Whatever. But that's not the question, Sobro. Uh, hey, hey, it's who I designate. <laughs> uh, no, you don't we'll get to designate. We designate. Oh, you guys suck. <laughs> but go ahead. So connecting the dots moments, guys. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes to the top of my head right now. Yeah, same oh, here. I'd have to agree, though, that... Um, that that part in get sacked that is that is a good one though because that was kind of like the oh the kind of eureka moment so well, well neil we were talking about boogie pop fandom the other day and um you had mentioned that remember at the very well it's getting into spoiler territory so cover your ears if you guys don't want to know about boogie pop phantom but dude it's been out for like 10 years so well, well i'm, I'm just matter. I give people a little heads up before I, I wreck I wreck their shop. But um, you had brought up that it was pretty clever that at the end of the show you realize who the serial killer is yeah. the entire time, and it's the 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 female doctor who is uh, I guess in, inducing people with um 
Yeah, with, with the drugs. With, with the yeah. drugs and whatnot, yeah. And, um, you know, it was pretty clever that the whole way through, it would give you subtle hints, but you wouldn't know until you watch that final episode. And, um, yeah, that's, that's one of those moments that I had when I watched that, too. Yeah. And I've never seen Game of Thrones, so I can't uh, comment on Silver's Man. Well, damn. <laughs> All right. Next we have from Timber Newtype, oh. who asks, what does the Straight Talk Express run on? Is it a green machine running on E85? Dead people <laughs> like Zeta Gundam? Maybe Robotech, Robotech Protoculture, or perhaps it has a Mr. Fusion a la Marty McFly's DeLorean. It runs on hate. Yeah. It's and just a, pure, adulterated hate. And a little bit of piss and vinegar. <laughs> nah, just hate. <laughs> well, damn. All right, then. And it's a polluting machine. Nothing but black smoke coming out of his exhaust exactly. every day. Carbon dioxide times 40. Hateful, just choking out people behind him. Just yes. choking them out. <laughs> All right. Uh... <laughs> Moving on, we have a question from Dalo. All right. Who asks, what are some of your favorite comic book arcs or storylines? Example for me, Batman The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. Well, is it the new Ultimate Spider-Man, Chris? <laughs> Coming out next, next month? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I've already said all I need to say about Black Spider-Man in, in the newest Chaos Theater, so I'll, oh, punt, I'll punt to that. Absolutely. Um, as for, I guess, story arcs, um, I'd like to... I what was it? Um, no Udon oh. comics, please. No Udon Street Fighter comics. Wow! Damn! Wow! 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 I, I'm always the one that gets censored on this show. Because um, <laughs> you're the black man. <laughs> I'm the black one. I, I guess I gotta be. Uh, I, I gotta be the one that gets locked down. No. Um, I always like the uh, No Man's Land arc from um, Batman, where um, Arkham gets. I'm sorry, not Arkham, but uh, Gotham City gets rocked during an earthquake, and um, it, the whole city is pretty much going insane. I, I thought that was a a pretty cool story arc. Um, I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of, uh, what is it, the Kingdom Come storyline that uh, I guess is an alternate storyline, but the Kingdom Come uh, storyline in DC Comics where you have an older Superman who's dealing with, uh, I guess he's getting older and um, Lois is dead and uh, uh, it, it's just like 10 years He's in the future, dealing with probably. what old guys deal with. Yeah, he's dealing with I'm old guys deal with. too much. Hey. <laughs> He kind of wants Medicare. To, he kind of just wants to put himself in the isolation and just not he have to deal get with the problems of the world. Alien. No doubt. Oh man, <laughs> anchor baby. And um, it's just a pretty cool storyline. Uh, I, I'm more familiar with DC than uh Marvel per se, but um, those are those are some from DC that I I like. Neo, you should have a few. I mean, you, you, yeah, you, I do. Um, I. I like the early 2000s. I think it was the extremist arc for Iron Man when the mm-hmm. uh, extremist armor is taking him over. I thought that oh. was pretty good. Um, I like. I'm not the biggest fan of crossovers, but I did like uh, the Civil War crossover because of the social commentary that it had, and you know a lot of the things that they did because it was um, you know they they kind of they kind of pun you know they kind of they went to a different route there. Uh, Days of Future Past for um, X-Men was good. Uh, nice. the, the Apocalypse arcs were always great. Um, anything with Apocalypse and then, you know, throwing Mr. Sinister because he's such a bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, the I liked the, um, uh, the Spider-Man uh, with the black suit arcs because mm-hmm. uh, that was... You know, it was kind of revolutionary back in the day. Um, anything recent, um, I'd have to say... Oh, uh, the Wolverine arcs where it was after it was um, the old Wolverine comic where uh, he finally finds out that uh, his healing factor is the reason why his um, 
he has no memory because every oh. time he has trauma, it, it regenerates, you know, because trauma will actually impact the brain. And, you mm-hmm. know, that, that was kind of cool. So, you know, um, the original Secret Wars was cool because yes. you know, that was the original kind of crossover and, you know, for Marvel and, um, you know, did a lot of things that was, um, uh, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. Was, was the original Secret Wars the Infinity Gauntlet or was it, did that come later? Infinity Gauntlet deals with Thanos and all that stuff. No, the original yeah. Secret Wars was the one where the heroes and the villains were taken onto a planet and then they had to fight for the, uh, to the Beyonderer and he was like some omnipresent guy from another dimension and mm-hmm. he wanted them to fight and it just showed like all the differences when, you know, within the heroes and the villains themselves. And, wow. And, um, you know, like one of the one of the standout things, which you know, this is a mid '80s comic, and it was kind of interesting. Where um, there there was a point where Mister Fantastic is fixing Iron Man. Well, at this point in the time, Iron Man was Rhodey. Rhodey was being Iron Man. Oh, and nice! This is when Iron Man was still had the secret identity, and mm-hmm. you know, wrote in the comics. Like, I bet you never thought a black man would be under there. He's like, yeah. And he goes, I knew there was a man under there. That's all that mattered. So, I mean. Oh. Stuff like that's pretty, you know, comics have always been pretty good about that, um, you know, doing things like that. So, no, Black Spider Man, <laughs> Black Spider Man, um, you know, but I could probably I could probably go on with some other ones, but those are those are definitely some of the ones that stand out for me does, at this point. Does Civil War rank up with that? Because I've been wanting to read Civil War. Civil and... War, I think Civil, you know, Civil War was good, and the problem that happened after Civil War was the fact that it was so successful that you know just all comic publishers, when they have these big, huge uh, crossovers, and you know they start to see dollar signs because we're yeah. able to go. But I, I thought I thought um, Civil War was good because of the fact of you know it was all of the post nine eleven type of mentality and and the social commentary on all that stuff and um you know it it was good i mean one of the best crossover ep- is when you uh, one of the wolverines where you, you actually see that wolverine every time he gets te- te- quote unquote killed he actually goes to like a, a heaven or he kind of goes to like an in-between almost like a purgatory and all mm-hmm. the people he's killed in his life try to kill him till he generates back <laughs> goodness <laughs> so but those are just some. Those are just a few there. So All right. I'll throw out one. This was the main storyline of Fables for many years and is now over, oh. but the adversary storyline. If you've read mm-hmm. it, I won't get into it, but it was, it was a great arc and very well done. Yeah. So moving on, our next question comes from Mechton GM, who says, What are you guys' thoughts on the depiction of cyber warfare in mecha anime? The only shows that I've seen that really even mention it is Ghost in the Shell, and that fits into its cyberpunk theme, and Gundam 00 with Veda disabling celestial beings, Gundams, and controlling information for the Allahs. Seeing as that anime sometimes reflect the themes of society relating to current events like the PSN attacks and the activities of sites like WikiLeaks, do you think we will see a mecha show where cyber warfare plays a role in the story or theme of the show, or do you think 00 and Ghost in the Shell have covered it? I would say that in the future we will see it more, Mm-hmm. But for now, I wouldn't expect it because when it comes to things like cyber warfare, anime is about as backwards as Hollywood. Ah, uh, hackers. You know, like, oh, <laughs> hackers, I'm going to type really fast and hack. <laughs> you know. Hey, but we, we always got dot .hack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, it deals with it a little bit in there, although it's not yeah. a mecha show. Mm-hmm. But um, it is a bit of its theme, so... 
Yeah, I mean, you could count them on one hand how many shows have cyber warfare in it right now, anime related, and um, only the one, only ones that seem to do it justice right now are the two he mentioned, Double O and um, Ghost in the Shell. More so, Ghost in the Shell, if anything. Yeah, yeah and there are other computer-based shows out there like Serial Experiments Lane, which Lane, is, yeah, yeah, you know, and it does play an element in in Pat Labor mm-hmm. various storylines, so they've done it well there. But yeah, pretty much anime just treats. Computer hacking as, you know, genius nerds can hack anything in two seconds and break into every government computer and, you know, yeah. do all this amazing stuff that's not possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you're, no you're, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's, um, it, it's probably going to, you're probably going to start seeing it more as you get a new crop of creators and directors and stuff as, you know, technology becomes more in, ingrained in society. So, but right now I, I'd have to say the one that really does it the best is uh, Gits and like you stated too, Chris, um, Zero Experiment Lane is, that's a very, that's a very good show. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I like that one. So, all right. Our next questions come from the Wasted Youth, who says hey. Gundam Seed was the first Gundam series I ever saw. I'm sorry. <laughs> and even though a lot of people hate it and love it for some, I love it for some reason. I have four questions here. Number one, I might be getting too much into this, but from what I have read, there were a lot of space colonies besides the plants before the war started. But by the time Gundam Seed starts, all of them have been destroyed. Thus, this means the coordinators killed all naturals in space. Is this ever explained? Uh, well, uh, you have to keep in mind that the war between the coordinators and the naturals was running for almost a year before the show starts. Yeah. So it's just, you know, the loss of life in war, just like how, you know, in those first, that first month of the one-year war, hell, the first week of the one-year war, you had such massive casualties in all of those space colonies. It's yeah. the same thing. Number two. Does Gundam Seed, for some reason, have beef with America? It seems that they made it look like George Bush was in control of the Atlantic <laughs> Federation and it was just America bashing all other countries in the world. Well, you have to keep in mind that Seed aired, it started before, but aired during the beginning of the Second Iraq War. Yeah. And, you know, the, other, the rest of the world does not see us the way we see ourselves. Yep. So during this time, it's not surprising that the rest of the world would see us as a bunch of imperialist conquerors out to get oil or to take control of the Middle East or whatever, and people are going to talk about that in their work. Some people will do it in a subtle way. Some people will do it in a very not-so-subtle way, yeah. like Gundam Seed and later Destiny with its very like flagrantly ridiculous stabs at talking about the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying that they shouldn't talk about it. I'm just saying do it in, in a better way that's not so bleedingly obvious. Yeah. Have some subtlety. Yeah. Have actual critique of something to say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a question here. Have you guys ever been to ColonyDrop.com? The people in that website sound like you guys going after trolls and being impartial to almost all anime. Again, I don't know why we keep getting asked this question. Yes, it's a website. We've been to it. Yeah, I've been to it. And, um, and they, they, they keep up the good fight. They go after those trolls, man. Amen. <laughs> This last question, it's not about Gundam, but have you guys ever seen Genocyber? I found the box set that brings that show, oh. an MD Geist, and I've been having a blast. Thanks. No, Never I've, seen Genocyber? No. I haven't seen it either. All right. We have a question now from Oregon who says, Hi, guys. Great oh, nice. show. Have been listening since the first episode. 
Mm. The question I have is, have any of you ever seen Gunhead or the two like live-action films? Of all of the live-action anime adaptations, I've seen these three films are the best representation of anime in a live-action format, especially Gunhead, which is the best live-action mecha film I've seen, and I was interested in your thoughts on these films. Keep up the good work. Uh, the answer to all of that is no for me. Uh, uh, Gunhead I've never seen. Uh, did he say Guyver? Yeah, yes. yeah, the two guys. I, I, I saw the I saw the original bad one, mm-hmm. uh, but with, never. Yeah, with Mark Hamill, wasn't it? Yeah, with with old Luke, Luke the Joker, Skywalker, man. So <laughs> never saw the um, I never saw the second one, but yeah, that that Guyver movie is terrible. Oh, I mean, I, I I'm not a big fan of. I'm, <laughs> It's bad. It's bad. I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, you, you call a spade a spade. Um, I, I've seen all of all of all the ones he named. I've seen just as you the uh, original first li- Guyver live action movie, and um, I'm not a big Sci-Fi fan of Guyver, so I both there for a while. Absolutely, and I, yeah, they would show both of them, but I've only saw the first one, and I, I'm not a big fan of Guyver, so I, I, I watching the movie it was uh, it just didn't didn't ring very well to me. But if you do like Guyver and you feel like it is a a pretty good adaptation of it, then more power to that movie for um for representing it well. I I've seen the um I'll tell you what's a bad adaptation that <laughs> came out around that same time the the live action Fist of the North Star. I can't wash that out of my brain. <laughs> I can't wash that crap out of my brain. It's still stuck there. Horrible. All right, moving on. Then we have some questions from Mullah Flag, but we're just gonna skip him. Oh. Oh. Damn. Uh, uh, he's got two questions. Just two? One of my earlier questions, yeah. Well, don't assume that just two means that they're short. <laughs> Must have had a lot of yard time that day. Ooh. <laughs> so following one of my earlier questions from episode 77, since we know what machines you guys would pilot, how about what faction would you join? Uh, let's make this fast. I'll just join the most evil faction. Damn. Hottest women. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree. The, evil, the most evil. I, I, I would chill with Londo Bell. I like Londo Bell. I, I think they're, they're a bunch of space hippies, but it, it, they get the job done, at least for a time. Okay. All right. And his next question, do you guys find mecha anime has more of an appeal over general anime more, or do you still have favorite genres of it besides that? Um, I would say that I still like all anime equally. You know, there were some years where I was very heavily into mecha and didn't watch much else besides, but now it's kind of reversed. I don't watch much mech anymore because there's not much that's on right now and i've seen a lot of the old classics so mm-hmm. i'm just kind of sticking to non-mecha shows um i i aside from mecha i love uh seinen which is just pretty much a uh, young adult stuff like uh the bartender and as i as i am um, little boy stuff say, no, no doubt <laughs> um <laughs> yeah we the, the the bartender, or I've, I've always say this, Master Keaton, or or Monster, or anything from um, Urasa, uh, Urasawa, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, the Oddball uh, series that that kind of appealed to a, a older older teenager or, or young adult. Um, I, I like that. I like those um, those those series a lot. Aside and sports, I, I like sports. I don't watch a lot of sports in general, but sports, anime, and manga they they have a formula that works for me for some reason. So I, I love um, certain sports uh, animes as well. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I 
kind of watch across the board. Um, I guess mainly a lot of it would be like uh, I like I do like a lot of the feudal Japan, um, you know, samurai stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I do like some of the sports stuff. I you know I I was getting into Eye Shield there. That was that was pretty good. I like the way that oh. they did that. Um, you know, things like Cyber Formula, anything with racing, you know. But I'm I'm pretty open too. So. Um, you know, if, if I like it, I like it. If I don't, then, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. So, All right, we have a quick comment here from Animalia who says, I do not have any pets nor am I interested in sports, but I would still like to support you guys. I have already downloaded all of your episodes. Is there anything else I can do? Well, keep listening, keep commenting in regards to direct support through sponsors, you know, sponsors always change we don't always mm-hmm. have the same sponsors so maybe right now there isn't a sponsor that you find relevant to you but probably in the future there will be so for now just keep listening and keep commenting and and, and spread the word about the show if you've got yes. uh if you're into social networking uh retweet the tweets that are up at uh gundam at mahq on on twitter and also um if you got a facebook when a new episode comes out there uh, mirror that uh, that link for the uh, for the for the website posting for the episode, and tell people if you have friends that are into Gundam on there, just network the show. I think that's uh, the biggest way you can support us. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that, that's that's the that's the um, you know probably the best way. I mean, if you want to see us in other places get bigger or whatever, you know, um, we can only do so much, and you know, it's got to be the listeners out there that um, you know helps it out. Then you know that that would be the best thing I would that I would suggest also. So. All right, uh, next we have some qu- a question from Blood Knight and a comment. He says, I've noticed a trend that seems to be happening with your shows, especially after listening to older episodes. It seems like a lot of the times when you guys express doubt about an anime getting released in the U.S. or getting made, period, it ends up happening, <laughs> especially when it comes to Bandai. I remember doubt being cast on Turn A getting released here in the States on a few occasions, and boom, we have a release window where recently there was doubt about Gundam The Origin getting turned into an anime, and once again we get an announcement. It's almost as if Bandai listens to the podcast just to find the things you are most pessimistic about and then announces their release just to prove you wrong or not. Wow. Well, look, two things that we've said over the span of nearly wow. four years is not a trend. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not as clever of an observation as you might think. Yeah, especially when it comes to Gundam the Origin. I, I think once, you, once Unicorn got announced, um, you know, then all kind of all bets were off that anything that was printed wouldn't you know was printed first wouldn't be done so and and with, and with Gundam Origin I'll I'll believe it when I see something that comes out because exactly they had a very tiny announcement they have not even elaborated on what format it will take and it could very well end up being vaporware like say the Seed yeah. movie mm-hmm. so let's wait and see until uh, that actually happens. Until yeah. uh, we start saying, you know, how wrong our track record is or not. And, of course, you know, the most obvious thing is we're not always going to be right about everything we say. Yeah. And, again, you're, you're putting into, like, you're compressing in four years' worth of things that we've been talking about. Things change <laughs> over time. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize for that. And it's a, and it's a good thing. That I, you know what? I'm glad I was wrong about Turn A coming to Absolutely. America. Absolutely. Yeah, same here. Oh. <laughs> I mean, 
happens. It, it, you know, there, there comes I'm not a point always where, wrong, but that's a, that's a time I'm definitely glad to be wrong. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what, though? It, I think you guys did speculate that if it did come out here, it would come out in the way that it did get, that, that, that it is getting released. Yes. Simply, simply subtitled and yeah. being box setted. So it's like it, they're putting it out in the most uh, convenient way possible for them. And they know it's going to have a, uh, I'd say, a smaller audience than uh, a Gundam that is, you know, translated in English or a Gundam with a mass mainstream appeal. This is definitely not a Gundam series that does have that, but they're putting it out in a very smart way. And I hope it does catch on fast. And um, maybe maybe they'll make a lot more, um, sell a lot more copies of that that show than they um, intended to. So I'm hoping that at least happens. Well, for that powerful, then then I'll you know I I know we'll never ever 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 see an American copy of uh, Gundam X. <laughs> so yes. Oh man. And then there's his actual question. Anyway, my question is, what are some of the anime you would love to see get released in the U.S. but have the absolute least chance of happening? Who knows, maybe it will end up happening. P.S. Chris and Neo, keep up the pessimism. It seems to be working. And Soulbro, you should really turn yours up a notch if you want to see Gundam X get released. Oh, man, time to shut down the, um, time to shut down the petition then. Yep, you got to get more pessimistic. <laughs> One thing that I would really love to see released that has no chance... Yeah. SBT Lasner, without a doubt. Yeah. Oh, man. And I'll throw exactly. in uh, Dugram. Yeah. Two for two on there. Two for two right there. Um, here's a here's a home run. Uh, the Macross franchises that have yet to uh, come out of Japan, never see it happen, especially with the uh, with the amount of cost it'll take to bring over uh, uh, Macross, uh, was it, uh, not only Macross Frontier, but... Uh, seven. Uh, yeah, Macross Seven. Oh, my God. That's, that's a lot of money that you have to put into uh, bringing that series over here in, in the way it was intended to be seen. Um, not happening. L game. Yeah. And of course, let's not forget the the most unlikely of them all, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. All uh, of it. Yeah, that you know that <laughs> that'll that'll never happen. Never, absolutely, <laughs> ever at all happen. Ever. Period. Never. And you know, and you know what? Once again, I'd like to be wrong on this one because if a month <laughs> from now they release that we're bringing out Legend of the Galactic Heroes, I think it's me and Chris. We're, we're piling our pennies into our piggy bank, <laughs> wait for that release date. Because uh, yeah, four hundred bucks. I don't have a problem with that. That's the best four hundred I've ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> no qualms, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right. Next questions come from. Zavalor, who says, Hello, Gundam. Sorry about the name. I guess you can say it any way you want. Well, that's the way I'm going to say it. With the question mark. <laughs> for, forgive me for not checking in on the last two episodes. The country I'm in blocks any access to Gundam. Well, clearly that's an inferior and repressive country. You must yeah. vacate that country immediately, whichever it is. Or, or start a revolution to, you know, based on the fact of that freedom comes with listening to Gundam at MHQ. So, yeah, <laughs> he says, as such, my question may already be answered. And that question is over time, the concept of suspension of disbelief in sci-fi has been generally etched into audiences minds. I mean, who doesn't want to hear all those flashy lasers, even in the real robot genre of anime, the shows mechanical and physical concepts themselves are stepping all over Newton's face. What's your stance on the suspension of belief we've all been making? Enjoy realism. Hate it don't really care, and this question was stupid. <laughs> well, when it comes to robot shows, just the fact that you have robots walking around yeah. mm -hmm. in gravity, jumping and moving around like a human, and shooting, and then flying through space, 
that already requires a lot of suspension of disbelief. So you're already out of the realm of reality there. Yeah, of course. So that doesn't mean much to me. Yeah. What uh, what is a problem for me is outside of the mecha world, when people have been so used to seeing things in movies a certain way that they cannot accept that reality is not that way. Yeah. For example, and and you can read about this. There's websites devoted to this. Guns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People don't uh, think about. Have you have you ever heard what a gun really sounds like when you shoot it? Mm-hmm. Loud. It sounds. It's <laughs> loud and very fast, like a firecracker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you listen to firecrackers in the distance, it's hard to tell if it's firecrackers or actual gunshots. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're not these like giant loud cannon type things the way you hear in movies. <laughs> you like like for example, perfect example in Indiana Jones. Oh. Whenever God. Indiana Jones fires his gun or any other gun that he happens to pick up. Mm-hmm. As long as he's shooting it, it always sounds like some kind of rifle when it's just a pistol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that? Yes, yeah. it does. It does. <laughs> a car backfiring. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to the sound effects in 80s, 80s action movies like Beverly Hills Cop, mm-hmm. freaking pistols in that movie, they sound like shotguns. Yeah, Dirty Harry. Yep. Yeah, all that stuff. Also, speaking of shotguns, people can't understand that uh, shooting someone with a shotgun does not send them flying across a room. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. You know, and I believe me, in in the course of my work as a journalist, I've talked to lots of cops, and it really annoys them, all of these shows like CSI, Mm -hmm. because people think that stuff like DNA tests take five minutes and that DNA (laughs) will tell you everything, and they can't understand that real police work is a lot more involved and a lot slower than what you see on CSI or Law & Order. Yeah, and a lot more mundane in some cases. (laughs) Yeah, and also for my own profession, journalism, the way it's depicted in most movies or TV shows or whatever, is not at all like the real job. So those Aww. kinds of things, the more the mundane things, that annoys me more because outlandish sci-fi, that's just crazy by its nature. I don't expect realism from there. So journalism isn't as glamorous as we see? No, I mean, I can tell you I've never had a, a meeting in some dark garage with some guy in the shadows. Uh, I've never been chased by black-suited G-men who have tried to either A, assassinate me, or B, erase my identity. (laughs) No conversations with Deep Throat, huh? (laughs) No. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's my answer. Yeah, I mean, I I completely agree, because, yeah, I mean, it's... You're, especially when it comes to the mecha genre, just the fact, like you said, the mo- the robots moving, you have to have suspension of belief, and it is like a little, it is a little bit more annoying when, like you said, when it comes to a lot of these cop dramas and you know these action films and stuff. And you got to remember the the reason why it's there is because of you know it's it's supposed to be done in a, a movie theater, so they're just trying to immerse it. And you know, I I, th- I think the the biggest problem you should have is when people don't realize that. It's just a movie, you know. The things don't really sound that way, or, or or really work that way. So, that that that's the more scary thing to me than anything else. So, I mean, I I, I think it it just comes down to the more uh, outlandish the premise, the easier suspension of disbelief is, as opposed to uh, something that might be rooted in the real world where you can start to pick it apart and um, compare it to your own life. 
um you know like 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 chris's profession or um those police officers you spoke to when they when they watch csi you know they could pick it apart because they do it for real and they know this has all been glamorized for um you know uh, for for television purposes and they know it's a bunch of bullshit as opposed to something involving giant robots wrecking shop well there's nothing we could compare that to <laughs> we can't we can't test there's no testament in our daily lives where we could compare that to so we just have to roll with it and uh, for those who can't then you're watching the wrong show all right, next we have a question from good old Furious Rodimus. Right. It says, hey guys, it's been a while since I've been here. Do you think the recent series of adapting Gundam manga slash novels is just a passing fad, or do you think they will continue to draw inspiration from these other sources? If they, can, if they do continue, are there any others that you would be interested in seeing adapted? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, uh, Cold Duciel would be something I would like to see adapted if at all possible, but I don't think it's a passing fad. I think they're looking at these now legitimately um, as as source material to adapt into animation or other forms of entertainment, and um, I'm glad they are because beforehand there was a time where we never thought it would happen, and now finally hell's frozen over. So I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. Well, as long as they're making money off them, they're going to do it, and as long as they're successful. And, and you got to remember, it, 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 makes it, it makes their lives a lot easier. It's easier to adapt something than it is to um, you know, come up with a brand new idea. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, Blue Destiny might be a pretty good one, too, uh, that would be, you know, it's like maybe an OVA or something like that. I wouldn't mind seeing something like that, but um, you know, I, I think as long as these things are continue to be successful in that form, then they're going to continue to do it, along with doing the original shows. So, you know, like Gundam Age. <laughs> I'll agree with Neo. It all depends on yeah. how successful these shows are, because I think for now, they're going to take it on a case-by-case basis. We had Unicorn, and my contention always was, if anything ever was going to be adapted, it was going to be Unicorn, because yeah. Bandai put way too much effort into Unicorn for it to just be a novel. Yeah. They put about as much effort into like the designs of that, the promotion of that, as they would for a TV show. So that was the natural first choice. With Origin, again, we have no idea what the format of this is going to be, when it's going to come out, whatever. It may not be that successful. Maybe people don't want to see an animated rehash of the MSG story. We'll have yeah. to see. I do not think at all that this means the floodgates have been opened on adaptations, as people assume, and that it means that they'll finally get their precious Sentinel and Crossbone. Well, I mean, just the fact that they're doing age shows that they're not throwing all their eggs in one basket. They know that we're still going to have to come up with original ideas every couple of years, but now that we have this, this whole situation when it comes to um, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, some of these adaptations, and we're just going to see how they work, because like you said... Unicorn's doing extremely well, but um, you know who who knows how Origin's going to go because it's going to be an adaptation of an adaptation. So, <laughs> and there's two there's two there's um, there's something else people are have not really uh, kept in mind when they're talking about these adaptations. Unicorn and Origin are both different from most other productions because Unicorn was written by a very famous Japanese novelist, mm-hmm. right? And two, Origin was done by Yaz. Mm-hmm. It was a very high-profile manga. It was there for the launch of Gundam Ace 10 years ago and has been a staple of that magazine for a decade and is just finally wrapping up. Yeah. So, you know, we haven't seen an adaptation of manga from manga mainstays like Koichi Tokita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, looking along the lines of this, yeah, it called UCL is pretty high-profile because it's by Haruhiko Mikimoto. Mikimoto, yep. So does that have a chance? Who knows? I would like to see that that animated. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Shars Elite Affair and a litany of other things. <laughs> Shars Elite Affair would be nice. Uh, yeah. I would definitely like Blue Destiny animated and get the complete story since the yeah. manga only covered two-thirds of it. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a nice thing to get the whole story of after all these years. So, again, this, floodgates are not open on this. They're going to take it on a case-by-case basis, and it depends how successful things are. Unicorn has been very successful, but that's just one thing. They're going to have to see how well Origin does before they decide they're doing anything else. Also, so far, these two things are UC-based. Yeah. We haven't seen anything alter-universe. It'd be nice to see that, uh, that sequel to X get animated. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. I'd love to see some, some more X get done. There's a bunch of Giga manga out there. I'd like to see some of that stuff get done. But mm-hmm. that, again, will depend on how well these other things do and if they see there being a market to adapt alternate universes. Hell, even, the, um, even some of that stuff with um, Wing, you know, like the, what is it? The episode episode Zero. Yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? So, since this segment has been running very long, we're going to make this our last question, which also puts us at the beginning of August, so I think that catches us up sufficiently. Oh, Watch, right. yeah. This last question comes from Alan Fortran, who says, Sobro, has thine challenge fallen upon deaf ears? Surely thou is not feigning thine request for a duel of the highest honor. <laughs> Mayhaps thou art busy with life and have had no time to answer thine call for battle. But nonetheless, if these challenges still continue to fall into the abyss that might incur the wrath of the great god Rugal. Show me thine strength and the strength of thine controller. And <laughs> arcade stick. My old English may be terrible. It is. <laughs> but with King of the Fighters 13 and Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom coming out later this year. Oh my god. I have to ask the Ganem crew if you do or will play these games, who will you use? Well, oh, I will not be playing either of these games. So then, yeah, same here. Well then, I will just leave it up to me. Um, uh, King of Fighters thirteen. Uh, I, yes, please. I.e., um, the completed version of King of Fighters twelve. I'll be picking up both games just to say, and who I'll be using in that is uh, King, uh, Kyo, and um, probably Kim Cap One in that game, and then um, Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom. Well, I finally got Strider back, so he's definitely in my team, and I'll probably pair him up with Zero and uh, Morgan. With yeah. X twenty three as a substitute. Um, as for your challenge, um, I've been trying to figure out who you are. So please send me a message on either PSN or Xbox three sixty. Let me know who you are and what what your username is, and we'll figure out a time and date to fight, man. I fear no man. I don't even care. I don't care if you're Justin Wong or Daigo. I will fight you. So let's go. It's a lot of big talk. That's right, man. Big talk. Can you, from follow, a big... can you follow those that that big talk with action? Hey, man, I'll record the fights if it's on uh, Xbox Live. I have the means to do that. So if people want to see them, I'll post them up. But, uh, and, 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 and remember this. Uh, who, who's, this uh, who's this person that's uh, asking the question? Alan uh, Fortran. Alan Fortran. Yeah, Alan Fortran. Um, if you kick his ass, you have, we, we might invite you on. And we might, <laughs> want, we might actually want to uh, do, do a segment oh with God. you uh, and, and hear about your thoughts of it and, and some of the, you know, um, you know, your thoughts about how pathetic he was and uh, how easily it was to beat him. So that's okay. the challenge up to you. So he's he's talking he's talking big smack. So it's time for you to uh, 
knock Step it down up. a few pegs. Yeah. I, exactly. I said I said I'd be glad to challenge him. I didn't say and, I would win. And and you, and you know what? Oh, I now think he's trying made... to dial down expectations. Hey, yeah. no, no, I, I'm, you're, I'm you're good. trying to polenti this whole thing now. And, and, oh, you and, bastard! And, and I think I think the other thing about it is to make it real interesting. And I, and I always think when it comes because I, I used to do this when I used to play Madden competitively it was uh, oh. money. Put some cash down. Minimum right, minimum twenty five bucks. You guys what the, put down what? <laughs> oh, dude, twenty five dollars, man. Minimum. Money matches. Minimum. minimum. We'll minimum. see. We'll no, see. You put. You both put up twenty five. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll talk about the details. Hey, man. We'll talk about the details. Hey, if you're if you're if you're gonna step you step into the the world of uh, shit talking and game playing, hey, you got You got to put your money where where your mouth is. Got that, that a game. That that changes it all. I, I've seen guys so good in, in different games. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, but once you put cash down, it changes it all. The mentality it, changes. I've seen it, that. It changes it all. I've so. seen it time and time again. Hey, you, you never know. Um, I wouldn't bet twenty five dollars, maybe five dollars, but <laughs> that's what I would put down. But um, potatoes. I, 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 I don't. I don't money match for more than five dollars. Are you crazy? That's like doing penny slots. Why bother? Yeah. I'm cool with that. <laughs> okay, okay, Grandma at the Indian Casino. Hey, that's why we'll pass him my social security check. <laughs> I'm ready to gamble. You can only spend five dollars and I have to go to the all-you-can-eat buffet and then get my bus back to the senior center. Where's my depends? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, oh, thir- Thursdays at the Seminole Gaming Palace, right? Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, man, just identify yourself to me on either, and we'll we'll set up a time to fight, man. I, I, I'm I'm more than welcome to uh, to take you on, man. I'm excited. And Solbro, why don't you tell us what your gamer tags are on both Xbox Live and PS3, just in case? Well, for those for, for those who don't know, on Xbox Live, it's Soul Space Bro Space Ryu R Y U, and on uh, on the, uh, sorry on on what's that? No, go ahead. Oh, and on PSN, um, replace the spaces with underscores. It's soul underscore bro underscore Ryu on uh, PSN. So. Yeah, but you can't really you can't really play games on Netflix, can you? Oh, you just shut up. <laughs> Remember, there's there's no platinum trophies for Netflix. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, just to let you know, I only have Super Street Fighter Four as a fighting game on PSN. While on the um on the P- on the Xbox 360, I've I have the other games. So um, I'll see you there. Are, are you are you gonna be bu- do I even have to ask? Are you gonna be buying Street Fighter Three online? Absolutely, but um in the beginning only on the on the Xbox 360. I'll eventually get it on the PSN when, when they sell it on sale or something. And I'm so. sure I'm sure you already got your pre-order for uh, uh, Ultimate MVC Three, right? No, I don't I don't I don't buy from GameStop anymore. So if I pre-order to be on Amazon or something else, but I haven't done it yet. So the game the game's so good that we had to make a new one. Uh, you know what? Six months later or so. <laughs> Right. People complain. People complain, but all I'm all I, all I, I could cite so many examples where Capcom's done that in the past, uh, all throughout the '90s. So it's no shock to me. It's a shock to everybody else, but not to me at all. Well, but here's still making me in. <laughs> yeah, here, here's the shock though. Uh, Capcom, there is something called downloadable content that you can you can do, and sometimes that's even better. But I know. wish I wish it was coming that way. I really do. But um, I don't. I'm not all too cool about buying a whole nother disc. But but you will anyway. Oh, exactly. You're the better <laughs> wife. You're the battered Dude. wife of Capcom. I've been, I've been conditioned since 1995. So uh, if anything, I, I've done it then. I'll do it now. And I'm spending the same amount of money I did back then. So. Capcom slaps you around and goes, bitch, make me a sandwich. <laughs> You're like, okay, honey, I should have gotten in the way in your hand. I'm sorry. If, if Go anything, make you that sandwich right now. 
I, I hope there, games, bitch. <laughs> I hope there is a bit of backlash on this, so that maybe next time they'll plan this out a bit better and maybe not rush the game yeah, before they feel like be it's finished. Backlash when a bunch of clowns like you reward them and keep buying exactly. stuff over and over, which I, sends them the completely wrong, wrong message. Tells them it's yeah. okay to keep doing what they're doing. Oh, yeah, what, 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 way, what way, to, way to stand up for your ideal soul, bro. I want to. <laughs> I hope. That, I hope. I want to show these guys not to do this, but. Yeah, oh, that that Tuesday. I'll show comes these out. guys what's what by buying their products. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do it exactly what they want you, you to do. Bastards. Um, well, yeah, you got a point, but at the same time, oh, what, 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 what didn't have, he... we have a point, but you're still gonna do it anyway. Oh, I'm still exactly. gonna buy it regardless. Uh, let's uh, let's not let's not mess around. But um, but no, the thing is, is that something is didn't exist back in '95 that exists now in it's full front is is the is the, is the internet is the internet and feedback from the internet which did not exist Utterly in full force. <laughs> Hey, I, I, I've, I've, I've made my point known about gotta, this. and you got to remember, the, mm -hmm. the noise of the cash register over it might drown out the feedback in the Internet. Because believe me, when all the fools are buying this and mm -hmm. uh, Tom's getting that, that live stream of sales you know, in the Capcom <laughs> headquarters, and, there's, and, then, and then they have the, the, the split screen of the complaints, and it's like, oh, complaints? But well, man, look at so all these sales. example. I read okay. it in relation to an article about uh, Mortal Kombat sales that mm -hmm. Super Street Fighter 4 has sold something like 1.6 million units. No matter right. how many complaints there were about Super Street Fighter 4 coming out so soon after the original, mm -hmm. those complaints aren't outweighed by the fact that 1.6 million suckers bought it. <laughs> bought it. Well, yeah. Super Street Fighter 4... Including, including me, I might add, but I didn't yeah. buy the original Street Fighter 4. You, you didn't buy the original, so you, you, you were smart to wait. And on top of that, I know when any fighting game comes out, there's always going to be a yearly follow-up, at least. And Super Street Fighter 4 came out uh, 14 months after Street Fighter 4 did on, on the console, so that's a but little still, over the way. But yeah, 1.6 million units sold mm -hmm. can't be wrong compared to... Whatever right. complaints some angry Two, fan had on the internet. Yeah, two two hundred thousand people that actually maybe took the effort to complain. I mean, versus yeah, you know, at 40, yeah. 40 bucks a pop, one point six million units. Yeah. Do the math. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I'm part of the problem. You are uh, part uh, of the problem. Uh, I so. guess I guess part of the problem, but I, I'm still putting down Don't that forty dollars. About the problem when you're part of the problem. Hey, man, I'm, I'm still part, I'll, I'll still be putting down the, that that forty dollars on the fifteenth of November. So I guess I, I've got no I've got no dog in this fight. I've got no dog. I just I guess I'll. I'll I think I'll be part I think we need to sign you up for for Wife Beaters Anonymous. There you Cap, go. Cap, Capcom Capcom Lovers Anonymous. <laughs> I think we need to send an, an intervention with you in the future. No doubt. No That'll doubt. be our next special. We'll get Austin involved. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, and we'll bring up his addiction to, to Squaresoft, but um, that's that's not the well. I, then again, I don't know all, all about his addiction, but we'll we'll, we'll get into something. But, yeah, but Squaresoft's not putting out a, a, a new follow-up every year <laughs> to these games. Yeah, every two years at least, but um, years anyway, the different games. Anyway, that wraps up this uh, ultra-long mailbag. Gonna leave some questions there in the month of August so that we have something to come back to in the next episode. So we'll be right back after a short break. you in the ass who that who will be you me i shot you yeah i mean I'm, i was shooting that was i did a lot of shooting i mean but i i, I ain't saying i shot you in the ass i mean i, I ain't saying i didn't shoot you but gun damn 
Somebody shot you in the ass. Tell me about it. Hey guys, I am Sean Ryan, also known as the Grey Ghost. And I am Kevin Gray, also known as The Business and the LLC. And we are Method to Madness, a weekly podcast that cusses and discusses anime and video games. Yes. And other otaku subjects. That That is what we are here for. We are here to rip them up and sometimes build them up. The shows that we love, the shows that we hate, the shows that we watch so that you wouldn't have to. Go to thegreyghost.net or go check us out on iTunes. With whiskey. <laughs> this is so stupid, but awesome. That's why this is going to be great. Oh, this is... What did the anime addicts say when asked who would win in a battle between a magical girl and a team of Pokemon? Who doesn't want to spin around, glow, and have all their clothes fly off? Anime. The battle stops when you do it. You don't have to worry about getting shot. Like, no one ever thinks, oh my god, she's changing. Quick, shoot her. Addicts. First of all, I would say that my Pokemon would not be enticed by your nakedness. Twelve-year-old breasts and ass are not going to entice my wait, Charmander. Wait. Anonymous. Yes. I'm eating a sandwich <laughs> calling my bookie because I just stomped your ass. Podcast. Visit the Anime Addicts at www.aaapodcast.com and iTunes. I know you. And I know when you got something brewing. I know it. What I got brewing? You what I got brewing, right? You tell me. You done lost your dumb damn mind. Welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. We round out episode 84 where we had an attack of the mailbag. That's right. It hit us head on as we went through the entire month of July. Um, we um, email um, questions and, and replies and uh, whatnot in the email thread at uh, mechatalk.net. Make sure you put in your um, your questions and uh, comments uh, about uh, some of the things we well, questions anyway, to that very thread, the uh, the mailbag thread that's there at mechatalk.net, as well as the one for Chaos Theater, which you can find on the podcast section of mechatalk.net as well. Um, send in those questions and we'll be sure to answer them as uh, the later episodes progress. But um, we also apologize, we were going to get into another other subject about um senpai characters and mecha anime but we're gonna put that off until next episode since this episode ran a little bit long but um before we close out the episode any um any new uh bits of information you guys want to share with the uh listeners or anything any last remarks well um since i now live on the west coast i would like to put this offer out sir michael bay if you ever need an executive explosion button pusher um i will send you my resume because that would be the the dream side job Nice. Uh, to, to be the guy to push the button, kind of be like the guy in uh, Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Oh, Danny McBride in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I'll have to uh, grow a mullet and uh, nice. get a cut-off T-shirt, but I, I don't think that'd be too hard to do. There you go. And um, you know, always uh, you're always welcome. Uh, you always have an open open invitation for an interview here, Sir Michael, and also the Admiral. You know, you know, uh, you're always open. We we can schedule it where Chris and Solbro aren't on it if they uh, if they irritate you. So. And also, too, 
always go to our sponsors. Football's back, so champs, yes. you can buy those overpriced uh, NFL uh, jerseys and some of your college jerseys. It oh, definitely, boy. hey man, 10% off of the stuff is uh, that'll help, especially when those things are about $100, $150. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, 10, 10, 15 bucks off is uh, not bad. Hey man, um, plus school starting st- starting up. Um, new shoes are definitely um, new shoes. Uh, is definitely yeah. in line, and you can you get, always um, want shoes on the feet of your children. Yes, and on the feet of yourself, uh, unless you're a hippie. And uh, I don't think they have Birkenstocks at, uh, or Tevas uh, at um, at champs.com. Oh. And, um, you know, your pets, you like them, you got to feed them. So uh, go to Petco, get some uh, get some food, get some chew toys, and, um, you know, get some uh, get, get all the things that your little pet needs. So there you oh, go. That's what's up. Um, and Chris, any uh, any last words? Yes, I'd like to give a birthday shout out to Mr. The Hod. Oh, Mr. Who was, the Hod. Uh, was recently down in South Florida visiting family, so uh, he had dinner with uh, Pedro and myself over at uh, the Ale House the other night, so good time sharing the bounty of Sam Adams' summer ale. Nice, nice. I, I do miss, I, I do kind of miss the Ale House. I don't have anything like that around here. I've just been spending my time in taquerias, uh, <laughs> eating, eating awesome Mexican food and drinking uh, Dos Equis, because I am the yeah, most interesting man I'm, in the world. I'm, sh- I'm sure you have lots of uh, craft beer over there that we can't get over here, so yeah. screw you. You know what's you know what's very interesting um, about that it's it's amazing because of where uh, you're located in the country. Sometimes beer that uh, it was one price on one side of the country is a different price on the other side. I take uh, an example, Lining Kugel, which is uh, one that I like. It's it's much much more expensive here in uh, in um, Southern California than it. And then I saw at in, in Florida. So, and I, I think it's mainly because I think Lining Kugel is out of like Milwaukee or some, you know, Wisconsin somewhere. So that is kind of a little interesting. But um, yeah, there are there are a lot of good craft beers. Um, definitely been uh, taking advantage of that when I can. So you know, if you want, if if you want to be nice to me, maybe I'll uh, get you a care package one day. Oh wow! Oh well, your your, your benevolence astounds me. <laughs> your worshipfulness. <laughs> Beer, this has been Beer Talk at MAHQ. That would be Chaos Theater. Oh, that's true. <laughs> and like I said uh, um, in, uh, in, the, in the beginning, um, you know, all, all of our Southern California fans that would like to, uh, the honor of meeting me, just uh, email me. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, I like all types of food, so if you want to take me out to dinner or... Um, or you know, have your have have your family cook me up a a, 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 a large feast of all your finest meats and cheeses. Mm-hmm. I will uh, I will definitely oblige you. Just um, just there'll be some parameters. You can only talk to me at certain times and things nice. like that. So. What if they want to date rape you? Oh. No, no, Ooh. no. <laughs> well, make sure to send your date rape request to neo m a h q at gmail dot com. <laughs> No, no, I, I think they, they be, uh, that, that'll be, be what Soulbro gets from that guy on Street Fighter, maybe. Yeah, a classic Who example. <laughs> well, um, if anything, uh, and any other last words at all, fellas? Before you die. Before you die. <laughs> what is a man? <laughs> What is a man? <laughs> I I just want to also um, thank everybody who came out to um, the So You Want to Start an Anime Podcast panel at uh, Anime Festival Orlando uh, a few weeks ago where I, I attended along with other podcasters. Thank you all for coming out there and uh, all the listeners of the, of, of the show that supported that and also just all our listeners in general. And um, if anything, you can also reach us at these websites. 
head on over where the magic happens. MAHQ.net. That's the Mecca and Anime headquarters. Also, you can check out Gundam's main website at Gundam.net. That's right, it's spelled as it sounds. Also, you can find us on iTunes, Facebook, and other forms of social networking. If you look for those links, you'll find them at Gundam.net as well. And last but not least, Shinjuku Station has a movie podcast. Shinjuku Station at the Movies can be found at shinstation.blogspot.com. And that's all for episode 84 of Gundam at MAHQ. We'll see you guys next time. I must be dreaming. Look, will somebody please tell me what's happening here? The guy says, bring this to Admiral Haynes, then sparks go off and it's bonded to my hand. <sighs> that pilot was from headquarters? He must have been... a lensman. But that's impossible. I thought those lenses weren't transferable from person to person. You're right. Kim's needed for a mission. At MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint, a proud part of the AAA Podcast Network. You okay? Our ship's almost over and you haven't said three words all night. Let me drive. Hey, pal, it's my car. I insist. All I could think about was what Mesa told me. I was feeling hurt, betrayed, and most of all, angry. Make sure you buckle up. I saw Mace Malone today. The old man had a lot to say, not just about the Illuminati. Oh, that's great, Matt, but easy on the gas, okay? He told me I knew someone who could blow the lid off another conspiracy. One a lot closer to home. Matt, slow down! This is nuts! This is the end, Elisa. The end of all the lies and deception. Only your gargoyles can save us now. <laughs>